0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: episode was a good one Uh, some very 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 popular movies Um, we're gonna get into the less popular ones but first we're gonna slow things down a little bit okay Um, I have come here today to have a surprise intro that I've written just for you
0: I am waiting with bated breath
1: mildly plagiarized from one of our movies
0: (laughs) (laughs) hit me with it Greg
1: He's sitting on the video call Like a wrestler in disguise I look a little closer. He's got dangerous eyes do He tells me he's a boom operator of mostly local reputation He's lightning in a podcast. But there's a stipulation. He's such a good therapist. He holds the key to the seamless edit. Just the thought of his laugh. The audio balance explodes. So many gimmicks. Time will never unfold. Oh, oh, oh. The riddle of the
0: Denny. Move over, John Wasson. We have a new Movies for Win intro song. <laughs> that was fantastic, Greg.
1: Two intro songs for the price of one. You're welcome, audience. All right. um, I, I genuinely did not tell Denny what I was planning to do at all for the intro. He's so as shocked than as my you are.
0: idea. My idea was to do a bit where... I told you I was too insecure about my body to work out in public and I needed your help finding some hidden gems. <laughs> That's so much better.
1: Your balls? Alright. No, a
0: gem <laughs> with a GY Oh name.
1: hidden gems. Oh.
0: <laughs> no, this was better and Well I got <laughs> I, I liked it so much, Greg. I've decided I'm gonna show up next time you and your friends hang out in a kimono so you can video me.
1: Oh hell yeah, man. If you still need a gym, I got a night class you can go to.
0: (gasps) I'm feeling very impressionable after a recent (laughs) traumatic event.
1: I'm so happy.
0: I guess you could say you've earned my trust, and that's a perfect trio. Whoa! What the movies we're doing today? Woo!
1: Before we, we're six steps ahead of ourselves. Hell yeah! Alright, like I said at the top of the show, uh, welcome back to the Movies for Win podcast, by the way. Uh, Last week, we hit you with some Movies for Win. You missed out on a classic, movies that everybody's seen except for... Us. The two of us. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) It was a good one. We hope you liked it. Uh, This is sort of the opposite. This is movies that we liked and uh, members of the audience liked that are more hidden gems. Movies that... A lot more people have probably missed out on that uh, we feel like they shouldn't have. Uh, Denny, what were our movies?
0: We are going to be doing Sing Street, The Trust, and The Art of Self-Defense. The Trust was Greg's pick. The Art of Self-Defense was my pick. And our audience voted in a poll made of audience suggestions Mm -hmm. for Sing Street. And we're going to start with that one today. Because here at Movies for When the listeners... Come first.
1: That's right, Denny.
0: (laughs) This episode written by Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that a Ricardo and Mortimer science joke? Yeah. Epic epic meme bacon, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke because Rick burps a lot
1: yeah sorry i don't like to. you have to have a high iq to understand your reference there denny
0: i don't like to publicly admit to being a rick and morty fan because i don't want to lump because of what i'm doing yes (laughs) um it is a great show and i don't have any relationship with it beyond that i have never screamed Mm -hmm. pickle rick at a mcdonald's um (laughs) and i never will Uh,
1: yeah uh i feel the same way funny show that's as far as it goes yeah um, yeah, like Denny said, we're going to start with Sing Street. Uh, this is the audience pick. Denny, go ahead and summarize the plot for us, please, for Sing Street.
0: Well, first of all, they're in Ireland, right? Ireland?
1: Afraid so, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're in Ireland. Um, we've got this little family of little Irish guys and girls. <laughs> they're so small. <laughs> they're so small. Um, no, but our our main... I'm, I'm stalling because I can't remember the protagonist's name. Um, do you...
1: I've got the internet. Uh,
0: we find out that our protagonist has to go to a new school because his parents are poor. Um, they can only afford shitty private school because they're so poor and impoverished. Um, Connor, 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 man, made it the Co- whole movie. Connor, you could have convinced Conor. me it was like Jonathan or something. Like, <laughs> um,
1: need to go more Irish. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, his name is Seamus. no uh,
1: Seamus potatoes uh but no Connor's his name
0: yeah 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 um so basically he's just trying to find himself this is kind of a coming of age movie with more of the cure in it than typical American coming of age uh, coming of age movies have um he's trying to find himself he goes to a new school he doesn't know the rule that you can't wear brown shoes to your new school um and he shows up in brown shoes when there's a very strict black shoes policy Um, Basically, he's just trying to find himself in a new place. He forms a band to impress a girl. It's surprisingly good. Things start taking off. Things get worse in the family. Things get worse at school. Um, And there's a really cool concert uh, where he's basically like, fuck the headmaster of my school. You fucking suck. Um, And just like helicopter dicks in front of all the authorities. Not literally. Yeah, and... Uh, he is a child. <laughs> then uh, him and his uh, manic pixie dream girl, who we all love so much, uh, get on a boat with the help of his depressed stoner brother and set sail to broader horizons, quite literally. Um,
1: a- and they accidentally wind up in England instead.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if Vanessa were here, Swish, baby. Um, she's more cultured and smart than I am. Um, there was apparently something economically kind of rough going on in Ireland around the time this movie is set and people were uh people were moving to to England. Um, oh yeah. Don't quote me on that. She she's not home right now but she'd be upset with me if I forgot to provide the context. So
1: Oh yeah, the 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 movie does state that and it's kind of going true through all the families. It's going just like, true. "Hey, going through all the families. <laughs> all the spanners." <laughs> uh every every family's having a rough time they're saying like you know as you know just like everybody else we're also having a tough time making ends meet we're gonna have to send you a different school they 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 very openly talk about the economic hardships that are going on at that time which is like mid 80s i think it even says 84 85 yeah, very, in like very, the title card i forgot yeah
0: it mtv era uh yeah the, the golden years of mtv um, Greg... Or
1: or Irish MTV Top of the Pops. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Jesus, <laughs> Greg, what's your relationship with Sing Street? Um, I've seen this movie four years ago. I had
1: I had a rating, and I I wasn't too excited that this won the poll because I knew it was a music centric movie, which isn't my thing, but. I was going into it thinking, like, okay, enough people liked it. I'll probably have a good time with it. And if I don't, we'll have fun talking about it. And then 30 seconds go by and I say, oh, I've seen this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I gave it a rating about four and a half years ago. And I do not remember at all who I saw it with, where I saw it why i know like every scene already (laughs) as i'm watching it but i had a rating and i'm like yeah then this is gonna happen then they're gonna play this kind of song
0: yeah you uh you texted me to ask if we watched it together and i'm pretty sure we didn't
1: i it was either with you or with my fiance and she was pretty sure she probably hasn't seen the movie yeah wasn't definitive mystery is still out there
0: it very well could have been with me. I watched it, like, BFF of the show, Chris Boyd, was recommending the shit out of this to me. Um, mm-hmm. He saw it and was, like, enamored with it and thought I'd really like it, and uh, he was right. I really enjoyed it. Um, what a good I, guy. I watched it around the same time you did, so this is plausible. Maybe um, he was
1: there, too. Chris, help.
0: <laughs> see, like, I, I want to say I have memories of just me and Vanessa watching this.
1: Um, And I, same for me and my partner, but yeah, yeah. go ahead.
0: No, just Chris, if you were there watching this with me and Greg, help us out. Um, I I, I remember like, I got really into this movie when I saw it. And for whatever reason, it was, I just hadn't watched it again. Um, I listened to the music constantly. Um, I was really happy when it won the poll and it even had my voice just because I was like, I kind of want to go out of my way to watch it again, but I won't feel the urgency to do that. So I hope the podcast gives me a reason. Um, I liked it a little less this time around, and I think that's because I'm in a place in life where I've come to terms with a lot of my issues with authority. So I think that this spoke to me more powerfully Mm. four and a half years ago. Yeah. Satchuan sauce, Morty. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I, not not to say I didn't like it this time around, but I remember just, like, being over the moon in love with it the first time I saw it. And this time around, I was like, hey, good movie. Good movie okay. with great songs. You know, like, I, that's, that's where I was.
1: I think I liked it more this time around mm-hmm. because I had subtitles on this time and I could actually understand <laughs> what they were saying through their thick Irish accents. Yeah. Ooh, buddy.
0: <laughs> well, and also, like, my wife, Vanessa, she spent her high school years at an international boarding school and so she watched a lot of tv from the united kingdom and she this was like uh not when we just got married i guess like a year and a half after we'd gotten married when we watched it and so she'd been showing me a lot of a lot of uh uk based uh media and we we're, we're just watching a lot of like tv shows like moon boys which is really underrated and stuff like that around this time so it just really fit with what we were into in that time in our life so yeah yeah
1: um I will say, this this uh, was our pick for a Hidden Gems episode, but it was nominated for Best Motion Picture in Musical or Comedy for the Golden Globes. Huh. So, <laughs>
0: And somehow no one saw it. You know what it wasn't <laughs> nominated for, Greg? You know what it wasn't nominated for? A Razzie? Well, probably not. I can't imagine that it was, but I haven't checked. Um, it wasn't nominated for Best Original Song. By the by the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Science for the Oscars that year, which just like really blew my mind. I, I could like maybe understand not winning. I don't know. Like I I listen to these songs all the time. Like I really love every song that they made for this movie. Um mm-hmm. I can't believe they didn't even throw it a nomination for Best Original Song.
1: Oh, is this Yeah, this was uh it was up against la la land which had oh, which had two why. it had two nominations and one of them won fucking
0: fuck la la land
1: and then uh trolls
0: that deeply upsets me
1: and then something called jim the james foley story which is a documentary maybe it's a good song i'm not going to criticize it and then uh moana how far i'll go
0: so wait a minute la yeah. la land got two yep trolls got one yeah and moana got one
1: yeah and then a documentary got another one
0: moana should have had four and sing streak should have had three.
1: Oh, geez okay
0: <laughs> fuck trolls fuck la la land
1: we saw la la land for your birthday denny
0: <laughs> la la land's actually okay
1: that's right all right uh you want to get into the movie
0: a little bit here no i want to talk about how hollywood masturbates to itself with la la land it's a movie about so the L. Irish. Irish... L.A. <laughs> making movies. Yeah, we can talk about we can talk about Sing Street.
1: All right. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we get back to the episode, please? I want to talk about how. Who knew the Irish could be so expressive? Um.
0: What? What? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's get back to the episode.
1: <laughs> uh, steer you back on track, buddy.
0: You know what wasn't Irish? La La Land. Not Irish at all. Come Can't on. Can't get over it. <laughs> needed more Irish. No. If you say La La Land really fast with a little bit of cognate, it sounds like Ireland. La La Land, Ireland, 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 Ireland.
1: It, it's, it's not racist, but it feels that way.
0: Um <laughs> uh, we might have to edit that out. I so don't yeah, I mean to be not to the Irish. No Irish I just mean to bother I, Greg. That's all I'm trying to do. It's
1: working. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the movie.
1: Uh soundtrack, like we were saying. The songs are great. I gave this soundtrack ten out of ten. Yeah. It's like all the best eighties rock that doesn't suck and annoy me.
0: Hell yeah. I dude. had a
1: great time. Plus like a whole bunch of great original songs. Mm-hmm really fit the time 100%. Uh,
0: and it really spoke to my like uh my analog media heart um i miss when media didn't seem like a computer had either polished it insanely or puked it up you know uh-huh. like you get just like insanely overproduced crispy clean sounding shit or you get like dubstep which sounds like a three and a half floppy a has diarrhea um
1: <laughs> dude <laughs> On the, on the note of dubstep, I just remember, what was it, like, 2013, 2012, when that was, like, super, mm-hmm. like, coming up and popular. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And, like, I was working at a job with, like, guys that were maybe, like, four or five years younger than me. Like, I was in college, they were in high school. And, like, anytime anybody played dubstep in public, like, guys in that age group just had to, like, come up to whoever was playing music and be like, Hey, man. You have really good taste in music and you'd be like, thanks, bro. And it was. Like, it, it's the same song, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: stay tuned for the sequel, Dub Street. <laughs> Can't wait.
0: Oh, man.
1: The riddle of the bass drop. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'll start with my anti-authoritarian heart here to actually talk mm. about the movie. Um, Please. I have a powerful hatred of all things arbitrary. Um, I'll follow a rule. Don't get me wrong. I'll follow the rule. Just justify the rule. Why I need to do that. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I've been waiting my whole life For somebody to explain to me why a collar is inherently more professional than an uncollared shirt. Um, Does it make me better at my job? Like, it's just, it's this arbitrary bullshit. Um,
1: More angles,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I grew up being told how to dress, being told how to shave, being told how to style my hair um and all i really had to get me through it all was stone cold steve austin giving vince mcmahon a stone cold stunner um and drinking beer over his prone corpse and there's a reason that spoke to me um i grew up in a very authoritarian home and this just like really spoke to my heart that there's like so much like abuse and pain over what color shoes a guy wears to school um that it's just like dude fucking why why do you fucking care?
1: Yeah, and that's that's speaks further to the point of like the economic depression. Now, that's the best term I can come up with it, um that that the country was going through is just like these are the shoes that I have. Like we can't afford another pair of shoes. Yeah. Like, this is it. <laughs> like, yeah, I can I can paint these, I guess, if you want.
0: <laughs> I'm already paying for fucking Catholic school. Is that not enough, right? That's right. Um ma'am, the uh uh what is it? Penny? Is she the model? Is that her name? I'm looking at her up on IMDB. I believe it's uh wait maybe Pence.
1: Not. It's it's in Ireland, so it's Pence.
0: I don't even know. Um or is it Anne? Is Anne the model?
1: Anne is the female in Art of Self Defense, female. <laughs> i sound like a fucking never mind well she
0: is the only female in that movie so that's actually appropriate. <laughs> um, the
1: only one with lines but yeah.
0: yeah so kelly thornton i believe is Anne. rafina rafina who the fuck is rafina this is our worst episode ever we just can't get on track
1: yeah rafina's the model
0: lucy boynton is rafina um she gave me really good molly ringwald vibes in this movie um, without, definitely. without feeling like uh, an impersonation, you know, but just like captured mm-hmm. that spirit of uh, not necessarily amused, not desperate, but also looking for love, you know, like, and, and yeah. just like cool, cool kind of punk rock girl doing her own thing. I really liked her.
1: Yeah, a lesser movie would have been like, no, she's actually way too cool for this. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to... <clears throat> you know, have a change of heart or reveal that she was super interested the whole time. But no, she's, like, fun. She doesn't care about life, but she does care about friends and her connections.
0: Yeah, which, you know, very appropriate for teenagers. That's what they're supposed to be preoccupied with at that point in development. Um, That's right. And also, if she really let herself care about life, she'd realize that she's an orphan in a terrible situation. And sometimes... We just have to get some space from that before we really internalize what we were going through, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah, man. no, I just I really dug the dynamic. I think that uh, again, like a lesser a lesser movie would have made her full manic pixie dream girl. Um,
1: yeah, most definitely.
0: And she really wasn't. like she was just presented as like a woman with her own life who was out of our protagonist league. But mm. she wasn't like Ramona Flowers of like, this girl's going to make all your problems better. Because um, she's so yeah. she's so cool and not like the other girls, you know. She's like Natalie Portman in Garden State, but not as smart and with different colored <laughs> hair. Um, that, which is like a <laughs> stupid trope that needs to go away. Um, and I really think that Natalie like... Natalie Portman? Yeah. No, I love Natalie Portman. <laughs> How could you I'm, say that? I'm just kidding. Okay. We just
1: watched Black Swan the other day oh. and loved it
0: fantastic her finest she's hour great she's great her finest hour um no yeah but I, I just feel like again a lesser movie could have made her this like facade of a woman and it's not like we got yeah. an insane amount of depth of her but we got that like she doesn't exist only in the realm of this boy protagonist she's got stuff going on in a life and she's just a little out of his league but she takes a little interest in him because he's funny he's got a band yeah
1: yeah, he's fun. He's interesting. Yeah. He's friendly. He just, she just wants to be friends. It's nice.
0: Yeah, man. Um, Greg, how do you feel about the happy sads?
1: Those are two opposing th- uh, <laughs> feelings, Denny.
0: It's called ambivalence, and it's a beautiful capacity that we have to feel two things that are seemingly contradictory at the same time. I like it. I do, too.
1: That was, That was like it's the perfect way for high schoolers (laughs) in this movie to like describe that sort of feeling. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't make any sense, but it totally does. Yeah.
0: We can, we have layered emotions and dude, there was, are we
1: all onions? Yes. Like
0: ogres in the sense that we make each other cry and smell bad. Yeah. We're all onions. Um, that's right. (laughs) I didn't realize you were quoting Shrek for a second. Um, but, uh, Dude, there was a period of my life when I only wanted to watch these happy sad type of movies um mm-hmm. where I just needed some something to like channel my angst and disappointment and dissatisfaction into but also my own like resilient spirit of hopefulness and my sense that I'm on the right path even though I really wasn't. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know, it's there this was this was a throwback. I haven't been into this for a while and I was I was a very happy sad person from like ages 10 to 24 probably. <laughs> so, that's
1: that's a good chunk of you. Yeah, so. I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't believe me, ask my therapist.
1: <laughs> I don't know who they are. She won't tell you. She'll never tell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they when they started playing The Cure, I was like, they get the happy sads. They mm-hmm. really get the happy sads. Um, it was essentially Irish John Hughes, you know? Like, a yeah. suburban life, <laughs> finding finding meaning in the meaninglessness of it all, and yeah. like giving a shit about something in the midst of all this bullshit. It's a cool thing, man. I dig it.
1: You said uh, Irish John Hughes, and I was going to try to come up with like an Irish name, and the best I could come up with was John Hughes.
0: <laughs> so. John O. Hughes.
1: John O. Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it it never crosses into full musical, so I feel like this would have been a good pick for our uh, music, but not a musical Yes. Uh, episode. It's corny as hell in kind of the music manners, or the musical tendencies but it's in all of the good ways where it's still very engaging and it's not uh, completely divergent from reality yeah too terribly much like the song scenes themselves are you know pretty fun maybe a little corny but you're into them yeah. and easy to connect with and like you're saying like expressing those happy sads i like i really like the scenes where the songs are being written yes uh between connor and the uh multi-instrumentalist kid with Mm -hmm. the curly hair i love that again yeah oh by the way uh (laughs) i really wanted to start differentiating kids and say like the one with the red hair (laughs) if i didn't have the (laughs) character name and then uh that quickly turned in turned out to be a mistake
0: i mean it was just a mob of kids the there was one that we were supposed to really give a shit about that got a story the rest of them were just there so we could have a band
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) like no yeah i i appreciated the insight into how songs are written because i don't understand music it makes no sense to me i like it but Mm -hmm. i could never produce it and i can't really fathom how it gets produced it's just not the shape of my brain um i don't know man it was just a cool a cool jump back into a more starry-eyed time you know like i think that's what's so it's what's so appealing about movies from the 80s and 90s at least american movies is that it's such a starry-eyed time that like (laughs) the legitimate like relatable conflicts in those movies are like i'm rich me and everyone i know lives in a mansion in a nice part of town
1: Mm -hmm.
0: my parents are pretty cool but they don't fully understand me but for the most part they're supportive and i don't have a date to prom and like the whole world stops and everyone's like consoling this character who needs a prom date because they're gonna miss a major milestone in life and it doesn't come across as uh uppity you know like it's just Mm -hmm. That was, that was the, it's not the way the world was, but it was the way a lot of people believed the world was, (laughs) you know, like, uh, and this is, this kind of took us back into it, you know, I just, I I like that escapism, I I need, I need to come up for air sometimes, and uh, I grew up in that world, (laughs) sometimes I like to go back there. Reality has not been uh, Congruent with that world <laughs> As I've gotten older um, And I just like to yeah. come up for air every once in a while
1: Yeah totally um, I feel like the characters do too Kind of going off what you're talking about I feel yeah. like Connor like His music is his escape from You know His parents are having trouble uh, In their relationship mm-hmm. The economy in the toilet <laughs> uh, He's going to a new school where he's picked on both by the students and by the administration yes and like the music is his escape but you know that reality still crops up from time to time yeah one of my, my one of my favorite scenes is the one where um the parents announce that they're getting a divorce and that's kind of like we can't escape it any longer we got to go through this little rut here Mm -hmm. and everybody goes through it kind of the same even like the older brother like the stoner older brother connor himself and even the dad there's they just like show them all kind of like back to back just Mm -hmm. like following the same pattern of grief Mm -hmm. despite all three of them being in like completely different um places in terms of like responsibility and like mindset and experience for the On like how they handle the situation. And I thought that was really cool. It's just like this same kind of hurt. Hurts everyone the same way. And then we kind of. Go back into our music. With like a kind of renewed lens. Mm -hmm. And it kind of. Changes Connor's character. And makes him even more relatable.
0: Ooh, I wish I'd connected those dots. Like you did. Because one of my notes. Was that. Or one of my critiques. uh, To differentiate from notes of critique ways yeah Yeah. was that i thought the home drama was kind of disjointed from the school drama um Mm -hmm. you know it just didn't seem entirely cohesive kind of seemed like different worlds but honestly now that you're saying that i think i missed something you know like i think i missed the thread that tied them all together and i think it was there now that you're bringing it up
1: yeah he and especially his older brother they're like Dismissing it the whole time. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, they're just fighting again. I bet it's about this. And they kind of mm-hmm. like joke about it. And then when it all comes to a head and then it's like the divorce is here, like there's no joking it off. There's no hiding in it anymore. Mm-hmm. They're kind of brushing it off to the side of the whole movie and like, oh, whatever. Fuck it. I'm just going to go play my band. But then it all hits them yeah. all at once. Father, son, younger son. um Wish we could have seen more of the daughter, uh, her perspective too. But um yeah That it's it's done being brushed aside and it kind of changes everybody yeah. in different ways
0: no and that's it's something i love about just uh i wouldn't say this movie uses a concept as a protagonist but there's like a common theme between people like a concept that our protagonist achieves that no one else around him does and it's essentially that he's surrounded by people who failed because they mm. were untrue to themselves you know like there's the the really good uh, the really good moment where they're talking about like and it's also like an important coming of age moment when you start to perspective take with your parents who mm. you know like most people kind of deify their parents because they're the gods of your world when you're a child you know and as you enter your late teens early 20s you start to be like oh they're just people like me and I don't know what to do. And so they probably didn't really know what to do. <laughs> you know, like, uh, they've been here. Oh, maybe I should take it a little easier on them. <laughs> you know, like, but mm-hmm. when they had the conversation about just, like, perspective taking with their mom. You know, and then, like, what really adds just, like, so much emotion to the payoff of the story is his brother being, like, I fucked it up. Like, I'm a stoner. Um don't live my life do you think i like being me um and also mm-hmm. i paved the way for you it was fucking easy for you you know like you as as an yeah. oldest uh as an oldest child in my family part of me was like must have been nice little brothers must have been I'm... nice to have someone go before you and fuck it up and learn from my mistakes <laughs> speaking... i never had that
1: <laughs> speaking as a youngest sibling
0: yeah it was <laughs> i hear so many younger siblings when they talk about like well yeah the reason i never got a dui is because when i was growing up i saw my brother really fuck up his life with alcohol and i was like whoa not gonna do that doesn't look fun mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't fuck up my life with alcohol but i fucked up my life with a lot of other stuff <laughs> and so yeah but it was just so cool when you got the payoff of uh our protagonist, Connor, was the one who broke the cycle with his family. Um, mm-hmm. He was the chain breaker. You gotta assume that generations upon generations yeah, were just going the through chain. the motions and doing what you're supposed to do. You know, they even say, like, "Her parents didn't want to be married. They wanted to have sex, but they were Catholics, so they had to get married. Do you think they wanted this life? Do you think this, mm-hmm. like, came from, uh, like, a desire to build a family? No, they wanted to fuck but they thought it was not okay if they weren't married um and so you see i don't know man just a praise chorus for the chain breakers the people who step out of what was given to them and i'm a big believer in being true to yourself and i love seeing our hero connor do just that and was it rose tinted you better believe it um oh, buddy this <laughs> it was a... rose tinted musical
1: adjacent film of course it was yeah
0: i uh you know what but i've said this a million times and i'll say it again i've got reality if i want reality i'll go to the work i'll do or i'll go to work or i'll do my dishes or vacuum my floor um i like my movies to be a little bit better than reality i've got a reality I, in abundance i want a little roast tent <laughs>
1: I like my movies to be a little better than Gravity. Mm. So... Who doesn't? <laughs> that is a movie reference and an Eminem reference. Fuck, I'm good. Oh, there goes Gravity. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, Are we ready to get into gimmicks? Do you have anything else to kind of touch on here? No,
0: I just had one more thing to say. Yeah, go for it. I forgot Littlefinger was in this.
1: Yeah, the mayor of Baltimore, baby. Peter He's Baelish. here yeah and it was the guy that, on the sorry, the guy I, on the jet in the dark knight rises
0: oh shit he's in the dark knight rises
1: uh just for the beginning
0: that movie was a, a one and done uh yeah, that's I, right i saw it in theaters and was like okay that's that's enough i didn't hate it but uh and then he was the mayor of baltimore in the wire i haven't watched the wire
1: spoilers he wins the mayoral election wow season four thanks
0: for that asshat um <laughs> <laughs> um No, yeah, he's, uh, it was also, this was shot in, like, peak Game of Thrones times. Um, and I just, it's always funny to me, both times I've watched this, I was just like, it's so clear that they only got him for, like, a weekend of shooting. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, a prominent character who's talked about a lot, but he actually has very little screen time. (laughs) It's just always been funny to me that I was like, yeah, they wanted their Game of Thrones star, and he probably wanted to do it. But they only got him for a couple days. think <laughs> like, <Yeah>. it's clear. <laughs> I
1: mean, they they shot the show mostly in the UK, so he was probably able to hop back mm-hmm. at least and be like, Yeah, I want to represent my country in this cool
0: movie.
1: <laughs> I'll be the hand of the prime minister or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing over there. No one knows. Um, Denny, just like every week, we've got a new gimmick here. Gimmick of the week. Gimmick of the week. Cue music, fanfare, etc. <laughs> Ballyhoo. Um, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: movies for when you want to find a hidden gem. What is the gem within a gem? What's the hidden gem within this hidden gem of a movie, Denny?
0: Um, I'm gonna go with the older brother story arc. Um, oh my Fuck! god, Jesus! <sighs> go ahead denny i i first of all love that every time we pick the same thing you're upset about it and i'm happy about it (laughs) because i'm like that's so cool same pick we didn't even talk about it
1: i'm i'm happy angry i'm happy sad about it
0: okay i'll I'll let i'll let you say we learned
1: nothing from the movie we're happy sad
0: (laughs) no you you take it from here greg i want you to have this
1: no, 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 no. Sorry, go go ahead.
0: No, I just think it's like it's something that you wouldn't come away from the movie really talking about because he's not the main focus, but uh man, sometimes sometimes watching someone have what you never could and helping them get it, that's just as satisfying as having it. Um I think he got a really good payoff of uh he regretted things, he learned from it, and he helped he helped someone he loved do something really cool, and he was also like you know, throughout the whole movie, very much a protector. Um, you know, like, you could, he was caretaking the siblings. You could also see, like, and maybe this is me being too much of a therapist, but I was like, maybe he didn't feel like he could leave the home because he knew mm-hmm. that the adults weren't being adults and someone needed to watch out for the younger siblings. Uh, that That's a thing that happens in real life quite a bit. So maybe he, that was kind of his, like throwing the hat at his son's graduation when he's helping his little brother get on the boat out of there and just do something like truly incredible. Um, So yeah, that's, that's why I like the older brother story arc a lot. Someone who clearly, I don't know if he hates himself, but he definitely resents himself and is carrying around a lot of pain and a lot of regret getting to have that, uh, fist pump. We did it moment. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me about your take on it.
1: Yeah, I, I actually just put everything about the older brother character, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't even more broad. Yeah. Um, Just like you were saying, like he resents himself, and usually a character like this would be a little bit more self-righteous. That's like a veil of self-righteousness yeah. covering up like how much they fucked up in life. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's not, you know, no sense of superiority. Mm-hmm. He's taking care of his little brother. He's honest with him. And characters like this in movies usually aren't this way and I'm really, it's really refreshing to just be like, he's just a genuine and caring older brother that made some mistakes and he's not exactly like preaching against them, but he's kind of like, yeah, he hits that arc exactly like you were saying and just gets to share his victory with his little brother. And it is completely rewarding. We didn't need him to be an asshole the whole time for a rewarding arc like this. Yeah,
0: you can just care about someone and help them succeed and feel good about it. And that can be the whole thing, right? Um, a
1: cool a cool and likable character can stay cool and likable and do something cooler and more likable-er. Yep. And that's still an equally impactful story yeah. arc for a character. Well, and you also, well like, done.
0: to me, I'm like, he's not that old there's still time for him. Oh yeah. You know, his (laughs) life's not over. He's like 19
1: or something. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like late teens, early twenties, right? Like he's got a beard. Yeah. I mean like the actor was probably older than that, but the impression Mm -hmm. I get is like, this is not like a 35 year old older brother still living at home. You know, like he's just (laughs) a little bit older. Um, and so to me, it's like, he spent so long protecting Connor. He spent so long mentoring him. Um, and, uh, now connor's inspired him it's just really cool you know like that yeah he was giving so much and then his younger brother who he was trying to give to gives him something to help him in life which is just saying fuck it i'm gonna do something crazy because fuck it that's why um yeah and i'll also say you know to to segue into our next gimmick every line that's not in a song that i love in this movie is from the older brother um, I won't spoil oh, anything yeah. else, but okay. I want you I, sorry, go ahead.
1: I've I want to get this on record before we continue. Um I'm not comfortable putting money down, but I'll bet you, Denny, I'll bet you a beer that I can pick the your winner or runner up for favorite line for each of these three movies.
0: I will take that bet. All right. Do you want to pick my winner or runner-up?
1: For Sing Street? Yeah. I would love to. Your winner or runner-up is the older brother saying, no woman can truly love a man that listens to Phil Collins. <laughs>
0: Incorrect. Jack, yeah!
1: Zero for three. Is that
0: one beer? Do you want to do Zero a beer for per one. movie? A beer per movie, All right. yeah. I owe you one. Um, My runner-up is something that really stuck with me just... In terms of, like, because, like, even doing what we're doing now takes this. Oh, I
1: knew you would have gone sentimental and wholesome. You know me. Jack wagon.
0: Rock and roll is a risk. You risk being ridiculed. And I feel that every time I perform anything or release any sort of content, I get really excited about it. And then, like, right before I, like, show it to anyone, I feel this powerful fear of, like, what if it's dumb? What if I'm just, like your takes on beetlejuice are stupid oh my god greg you haven't even seen beetlejuice or the video (laughs) i made you piece of shit (laughs) greg that video is one of the better things i've ever done and you haven't watched it because you haven't seen beetlejuice um i can't wait personally yeah um but my number one i told you guys i've got a rebel heart i'm just like johnny gargano there's a deep cut for you um i don't get it it's wrestling um johnny gargano Mm -hmm. is a wrestler who came out no
1: you're it's fine continue
0: (laughs) to the theme song rebel heart um (laughs) nah man i love it so much because it points out hypocrisy who the hell are you to tell me what to do you wear a dress but tell me not to wear brown shoes just like there's something so fuck yeah mic drop got him about that that like
1: (laughs) air horn dab yeah yeah.
0: the the catholic headmaster who's constantly like literally we didn't even touch on this physically abuses and traumatizes a child because he's presenting as uh, a few times yeah, yeah as feminine with makeup on right um which was a really cool punk rock trend of the 80s and 90s which was like men wearing uh men wearing eyeshadow and skirts just because you told us not to um Mm -hmm. really really cool but just when he i just like fist pumped in the air when he pointed out based on the guy's religious garb he was like dude you wear a dress yeah (laughs) you tell me i can't be feminine and you wear a fucking dress every day (laughs) it's just so fucking like it's so obvious right in your face and you don't even think about it because of cultural norms Which is what this song is rebelling against, is arbitrary norms. Men can't wear a dress unless they're in the clergy. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the clergy wears dresses. Who asked that? Right? It was just so fucking... (laughs) Dude, you wear a fucking dress, and you're telling me I can't wear brown shoes. Fuck right off and shove it up your ass. So fucking good, man. What's your favorite line, Greg?
1: Um... Much less deep. I love it when anybody called anybody else a spanner.
0: What the fuck's a spanner? I don't think I caught that I once. don't know.
1: I don't know the etymology of the word spanner, but every time someone called somebody a spanner, <laughs> I loved it.
0: I like, hope it's it not a racial a, slur because you're it gonna a be egg times. on your face.
1: No, it, it's just like, hey, you're dumb. Yeah,
0: you spanner. Yeah.
1: Ah, you spanner. What
0: are you, a David Cronenberg movie, I, you scanner? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice, very nice. Thank you, thank you. I, I googled spanner. I just got a bunch of pictures of wrenches, so I wasn't on the right track. <laughs> um, uh, I have a just for me gimmick because I didn't tell you about it oh, until shit. today. Of uh, all three of these movies were on either Hulu with ads or. Amazon Video, IMDb TV with ads. So I got ads for all three movies. So I have my favorite jarring commercial moment. Uh, Nothing will top Frozen with its prostate cancer medicine Uh, jarring commercial break. But for Sing Street, what I got was a commercial break started. It lasted 90 seconds. But like I said, I watched this with I watch all movies with closed caption now. Uh, My fiancé is... uh, Critically Hispanic. English is her second language. Critically Uh,
0: Hispanic? (laughs) Like, it's in critical condition? Or critics have acclaimed how Hispanic she is?
1: (laughs) I love it. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, I I watch all movies with closed caption now. Especially when they have thick Irish accents. So... Closed caption got stuck during the entire 90 second ad break and the line that was stuck on my screen um, while I got yelled at by Kate McKinnon about Verizon was (laughs) (laughs) the line from the movie where the long redhead kid said, he'll be able to play something, he's black. Talking about musical instruments. Jesus. I was just stuck there on the screen while I learned about Verizon <laughs> and Enterprise.
0: Classic racism to sell your products.
1: That's right. <laughs> Gotta
0: love it. Um, dude, I'll say this. All three of these movies. So, like, I have a thing where I'm like, if I like the movie and I know there's a chance I'll watch it more than once. Um, and I'm about to rent it and I've got some time on my hands. I'm like, it's three ninety nine to rent on streaming Mm -hmm. platforms it's $4.99 to buy the dvd at movie trading co if there's a chance i'll ever watch it twice in my life i'll go buy the dvd um right i was heartbroken that all of these movies were streaming because i wanted a reason to buy the dvd (laughs) and then i found out i actually had the trust on dvd which i don't remember having Oh, really? Do I have your copy? Oh, Should I somehow walk home with it?
1: No, no, no. It's not mine. I'm. I, maybe that's how we watched it the first time. We'll get it. That's that's, that's the next whatever, one. All right. Critiker's yeah. uh, uh, score, Danny. What's your Kritiker Kritiker
0: score? score. I gave this a 37. Um, it, uh, nice. Okay. It doesn't quite hit that uh, this is one of the all-time great movie uh, categories for me. It's not an all-timer, but I do think it is a really good, crazy, easy watch, man. Just like... Mm-hmm super accessible good movie with just just enough emotional substance to make it not just like cheesy bullshit you know like but right. but also like no one's like ugly crying about their trauma you know like it, it's yeah. just just the right amount of hey this isn't like bubble gum you know like this is this is real But also very rose-tinted, as we said earlier. So, yeah. 37, what about you?
1: That's pretty good. Uh, Same exact mindset. Um, And that's going to carry through for all three of these movies. Like, They're not like, gotta show it to my friends kind of movies. It's just like movies that, you know, nobody's really heard of. I don't know anybody that's seen it personally. That kind of thing. And I think it's pretty solid. And this falls into the, I think it's really pretty solid kind of category and i'm sticking with my criticer score from when i watched it whenever that was which was a 31 out of 40 nice um yeah same exact reasons as you solid movie um easy watch totally enjoyable nothing super incredibly special but yeah solid well-made movie yeah just a fun watch i'll watch it again in a few years and have a good time
0: hell yeah man that's exactly what i did with it and you did but you didn't remember the first time yeah Um, this
1: the the next time i'm going to remember like oh
0: the podcast and for for potentially new listeners greg and i have different critical scale scores or scales mine is a 37 out of 50 his is a 31 out of 40 which puts us give or take a few uh about about the same place on this movie, right? My, like ballpark. You're yeah.
1: at a you're at a seventy four. I'm at a seven seven five.
0: That's yeah, same, right? Seven point uh, seven five out
1: of ten. Yeah, <laughs> I introduced two new scales: tens and hundreds again.
0: <laughs> I uh, I we got
1: to get on the same page, man. I'm fucking with the math here,
0: <laughs> dude. Let me ask you this, Greg how hmm. How many movies have you reviewed on Critiker? Nine
1: hundred and eighty four. I want to say. i'm not changing all those numbers exactly
0: i'm at 825 i'm i'm not adjusting my scale i've thought about it for this podcast and then i was like we've both reviewed close to a thousand movies i'm not redoing it (laughs) like and i don't think you would either so i personally would
1: like to enjoy my weekends (laughs) yeah that's just me
0: and also like mine's on a Mine's on a, a 50 point scale, so it can match, or so it can like kind of match my Letterboxd, which is a five star scale. Um, yeah. And, uh, letterbox doesn't have the precision that Critiker allows, and that's why I go to Critiker. Uh-huh. Um, Greg's is so he can match the Will Reno, uh, scale of 40. So we both have different yeah. reasons for our scales. Um,
1: I like mine because you can get a solid number and then a 0.25, like a quarter, um, increment going up yeah yeah so like 8.25 0.5 0. 0.75 and then the next number that kind of thing and i like, that's how it breaks down in my head
0: i like mine because i'm self-diagnosed with dyscalcula and i just like a five star scale everything
1: is just dyscalcula when you're not a calculator
0: <laughs> boy a lot of ti-84s have a lot of privilege i'll tell you that much
1: which uh terminator villain was that
0: <laughs> the gooey one <laughs> Yep, you've got the trust, Boom, boom, bum, you've got the power, Boom, boom, boom. Do you know, know any rest. more of the words? No one does. Are any
1: more of the lyrics, you got the seamless edit? Because I could have sworn that was there.
0: Just when I thought you weren't going to do it, you did it. I thought
1: you were teeing me up like a motherfucker all oh, right no. we're... i
0: was I was teeing you up, and then I was like, Oh, he's not gonna take the tea. We'll just talk for a few more minutes, and then there it was. You gotta there be on was. your toes you gotta be
1: on your toes, buddy
0: <laughs> I really do um,
1: um we're back, ladies and gentlemen. uh movies for when you want to find a hidden gem. here's another gem for you. Have you ever seen the trust I have audience how about you? Answer now. That's right. You haven't.
0: We just figured El out Trusto. Blue's clues. <laughs> we just figured out Blues Clues. No, it's Dora. Oh That's shit! That's why I said
1: El Trusto. Oh, keep click. up, buddy.
0: <laughs> click.
1: Mochila, Mochila. Um, yeah, the Trust is a movie starring Nicolas Cage favorite of the show he's back everybody
0: oh yeah he's back he's really back
1: and uh he stars alongside a an actor who appeared in a beloved fantasy series and then went on to make more creative and indie movies daniel radcliffe
0: <laughs> god damn.
1: Harry Potter himself is in the trust alongside Nicolas Cage.
0: You son of a bitch.
1: Is there somebody else?
0: I don't know if I want to ruin your gimmick of refusing to acknowledge that Lord of the Rings exists. It's a multi-episode spanning gimmick at this point, and I don't know why you have it, but...
1: Did they eight movies harry potter i <laughs> think people would recognize him here
0: <laughs> for those uninitiated it is a a little known actor greg cover your ears
1: i'll take my headphones off actually
0: elijah wood you're good greg come back come back it's Elijah good? Wood. yeah all right um... so daniel radcliffe was harry potter and mm-hmm. also in the trust and Peter, yeah, it just said that. <laughs> and Peter Jackson directed the
1: Trust. And Peter Jackson directed the Trust, Skull Island. Um,
0: Greg, give us, give us a synopsis of the Trust, Greg. Uh,
1: this was my pick. This was actually kind of like a collaborative pick where I could not land on anything, and you mentioned a movie that I hadn't seen before that was like an unknown Nicholas Cage movie that was actually pretty good, and I was Red like, Red Rock oh. West. I forgot, and I still haven't heard of it. Um, And I said, oh, what about the unknown Nicolas Cage movie that's actually kind of good that both of us have actually seen? I decided on The Trust. The Trust is a movie in which Nick Cage and Elijah Potter um, are both in the police force in Las Vegas, Nevada, they are detectives, crime scene investigators, and they happen upon some criminals. Ah, criminals. Criminals that they want to get close to. They uh, they uh, unearth a clue in evidence that suggests that a criminal is housing, what, it was like $200,000, and then just like, paid bail and made off with the money so or something like that there's a plot there that i didn't fully understand i suck so (laughs) nicholas cage gets elijah wood to help him track down these criminals they find there's a whole network of criminals that have a large sum of cash treasures whatever they just know that there is a safe in a shop that resides under an apartment building so they are going to go into this apartment building with drilling uh equipment crack the safe from the top and then open the door and steal whatever's inside from the criminals they don't know what what's inside what could possibly be there they just know there's pay dirt and boy is there pay dirt (laughs) (laughs) um Denny, you you and I watched this movie together, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. Um, So before Greg and I invented a podcast for ourselves to give us a platform to talk about the movies we watched together.
1: Reinforce our own opinions to mainly just ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> folks, it's for us.
0: It really is. <laughs> You're just along for the ride. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Mm-hmm. We would do this uh, if there were no 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 internet <laughs> like we would just be just just doing this um <laughs> we we used to have uh semi-regular cage matches where we would just yes. pick a pick a nick cage movie and two
1: we would pick two nick Cage two movies. yeah
0: that's and that's why we, it's a cage match exactly only one can leave mm-hmm. um and we watch them together and have a good time and we were kind of disappointed that this one was actually good yeah <laughs> <laughs> this one ruled man i don't remember what
1: else we watched but it was it was really shitty and they're like all right let's go to the trust let's see which one's worse
0: fuck this one's kind of (laughs) good i want to say was this with uh was this with drive angry
1: no we watched drive angry with uh ghost rider (laughs) i remember because i don't remember which movie is which (laughs)
0: <laughs> he's blonde in one of them and he drinks skittles out of a martini glass in the other one
1: which one is that <laughs> ghost rider I
0: don't know. he I drinks remember. skittles out of a fucking martini glass they're the glass. same movie <laughs> they're really not greg the at what point movie. in ghost rider did he shoot someone while uh while coupled <laughs> mid coitus doesn't pull out and shoot um, someone
1: <laughs> he's just trying to fuck the pain away man it's uh, <laughs> a great
0: song shout out to peaches
1: we're getting we're getting off the rails once again <laughs> uh, here we are once again we're torn into pieces uh, the is trust crazy. is one of our cage match movies
0: this is the second time in as many weeks as you've referenced that Kelly Clarkson song
1: <laughs> so I guess so what are you uh, gonna stop me I love Kelly
0: Clarkson <laughs> I do I really do she's fantastic
1: you got it on record boys
0: um you know the poster for this movie makes oh it, yes it makes it seem a lot worse than it is that's why we thought it was going to suck
1: because yes. of the terribly photoshopped poster
0: <laughs> it just screams three dollar at Walmart bargain bin movie um <laughs> it just it it did, it did everything to convince us it was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty good i'd even go as far as to say one of the better nicholas cage movies a hundred percent
1: uh especially for like nicholas cage himself in the movie yes the poster is just him and elijah wood i know who he is i've
0: (laughs) just hold on yourself
1: I I I've seen his more popular movie. I don't belong in this world anymore. Or mm-hmm. Whatever it was called.
0: I personally loved him in uh, Order of the Phoenix.
1: Uh, when he was in that movie with Macaulay Culkin as a kid.
0: Yeah, Home Alone.
1: The better son. No, the good Wait, son.
0: The good he, son. Is he really in a Macaulay Culkin movie?
1: Yeah, I think it's I, called The Good Son.
0: Oh shit! I I've never heard of this. It's like a
1: thriller movie where Macaulay Culkin is not a good son, despite what the title <sighs> suggests. And Elijah Wood is like a brother or stepbrother.
0: I did not know this.
1: My grandparents had a VHS, and I watched it when everyone else went to bed, and I don't remember much.
0: Well, that's next week.
1: That's next week. Movies
0: for when you're at your grandma's house.
1: We're going to watch that. We're going to watch something about Bunker Hill. Yeah. And... Uh, another World War Two movie with John Wayne. Sands of Iwo Jima.
0: I mean, we, we, ar- we already did mine, which was Man of the House. I guess we could do an extremely goofy movie. Those are the two VHSs I remember really, really hitting hard at Nanny's Place.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got a poster with, like, bodies holding guns. And then the heads of our two movie stars lazily slapped on top of them.
0: I haven't looked that closely. I didn't realize they're photoshopped on.
1: Dude, it's bad. It sucks. That's the first thing I noticed.
0: I'm I'm Googling it right now.
1: Absolutely.
0: I, I've never taken a good hard stare at the movie poster for the trust.
1: Dude, that's that's kind of why I thought, like, ah, this is going to kind of suck, isn't it? And then... <laughs> yeah, you see?
0: yeah i see yes yeah, see <laughs> i definitely see but yeah. <laughs> but yeah
1: elijah potter like his career
0: <laughs>
1: god damn it his career after his uh fantasy hit chronicles of narnia he he's um starts leaning into these more comedic roles or like indie projects uh like i i mentioned but i now remember the name of the film i don't feel at home in this world anymore he's kind of entering this like weird kind of campy comedy sort of career shift just like his counterpart uh daniel baggins uh God. <laughs> i'm riffing here this isn't in my notes
0: you're nailing it
1: <laughs> the hell i am just
0: keep it up <laughs> just keep yeah. doing what you're doing greg
1: I think I was I was expecting an action flick from an actor that was not going that way. Yeah. Come, like, being paired with Nicolas Cage, who was definitely going that way. Yeah. And just like a shitty, low-budget action flick. Somehow they roped in Elijah Potter into this whole thing. And the first half of this movie is a... Like semi serious comedy, like dark comedy. Yeah. Kind of, it has like a nice guy's vibe to it. For sure. Right? We're just like, they're kind of doing these little quips. Like, we're exploring these characters and their like comedic value. And like, the comedic range of these two actors is super enjoyable. And it's just like this aloof dad vibe of. Uh, Nicolas Cage kind of paired with this like over it stoner character from Elijah Potter Mm -hmm. they're just like combining super well in this kind of like out of place buddy comedy but they know each other from work so they're kind of friends it's super enjoyable and the dialogue is super funny and then it just keeps getting darker and darker as the movie goes on and by the end of it never
0: gets less dark
1: (laughs) never never gets less dark and ends the darkest it's ever been
0: yep um i've
1: talked a lot denny stop me
0: no greg i want you to talk a lot because i always talk a lot and then I listen to our episodes back, and I feel self conscious I'm like, I need to shut the fuck up sometimes. I'm glad you're talking a lot.
1: I'm gonna save it with my monotone semi drunk dry humor,
0: <laughs> so
1: you're welcome audience
0: there There's a few things i wanna I wanna address you know, fresh out the gate
1: a few that sounds like a lot of talking,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one of them is uh'm kidding, please, I'm pretty sure. Just based on inference and detective work, that this is what got us Mandy. I don't know that we get Mandy without this movie. Because uh, Elijah Potter, executive produced or produced, I forget which, um, Mandy. Yes, yes he did. And he recruited Nick Cage to be in it. I've got to think, based on timelines, right? That Like, Mandy comes out a couple years after The Trust... Mm -hmm. I just, I've got to think that this played a significant role in that movie happening. I haven't heard either of them say that in an interview, but like, dude, like it's, it's just kind of obvious, right? That maybe we don't get Nick Cage and Mandy without the trust happening.
1: It's right there. I really hope that's the case. And I don't care how it happened. I'm glad Mandy happened. Yeah. And if this movie was kind of like what kick-started that what a treat for us because it's a ton of fun
0: we got two great movies for the for the price of two but for the (laughs) because of one we Um, don't have to
1: pay for shit this was free with ads baby
0: (laughs) um so i also i have a theory greg and it's been a Ah. while it's been a while since i've come up with a theory
1: infinite potter theory go ahead
0: i have a theory that every nick cage movie set in las vegas is about the same character yeah that's right i'm i'm talking honeymoon in vegas i'm leaving leaving las Las vegas Vegas. i'm talking snake eyes yep snake eyes con air and the trust being the finale (laughs) of them all right all i need is a couple hours and a notes app to tie them all together but i'm right on the verge of something if it's the next infinite biff theory i'm telling you it's gonna take off i've got our next big hit caged in las vegas las cages las cages oh i i
1: i'm personally a huge fan of how i was like snake eyes and you were like yeah also con air
0: <laughs> i forgot snake eyes that's why i was in uh, snake eyes is great by the way that oh <laughs> shit that could have been a hidden gem who the fuck has seen snake eyes that movie fucking rocks i'm not joking i love that movie um we got,
1: we got a lot of cage episodes coming but yeah continue
0: that was it i i haven't sat down and tied i once tied uh con tied air yarn yeah. no i i i yeah exactly I successfully tied Con Air, Honeymoon in Vegas, and Leaving Las Vegas together. But now I need to integrate the trust and Snake Eyes, and I just need some time to do it. But I believe it's all the same character.
1: The trust is the finale, and Snake Eyes is like a side quest. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Move over, Pixar theory. I'm taking your YouTube views. That's the next YouTube video it's not but people, one day the, i'll probably for real do this <laughs> the people want to know you got to open the eyes of the mass populace um on that note it made me want to go to las vegas just to go to their cool neon vaporwave bar that they were having a meeting at that place was fucking dope
1: well you can't even get your coffee refilled so it doesn't seem that great
0: i mean you can get a maybe, hand maybe job she,
1: maybe she didn't hear me
0: <laughs> maybe i don't need my coffee refilled if i'm getting a hand job greg
1: any, you're married.
0: Well, Vanessa's going to be there. You think I'm going to Vegas without her? I love her. Just stay
1: at home and... Never mind. All right.
0: <laughs> Somebody doesn't like to live on the edge.
1: <laughs> I don't like to get edged at a bar, so...
0: Well... Maybe not. Like I said, someone doesn't like to live on the edge. <laughs>
1: Said it twice. All right.
0: <laughs> where, where do we go from here, Greg? There's been hand jobs, theories, uh, Harry Potter. Where do we go from here?
1: Uh, Nicholas Cage's sunscreen. That's where we go.
0: <laughs> what he's putting it on his nose?
1: Just slathering it on. That's why I'm saying he's got like lame dad vibes. Yeah. But also kind of like a cool cop. God, he's got it. he's got it all in this movie.
0: Yeah. the.
1: I'm not joking. It's uh, one of his
0: best performances and easily like other than like raising Arizona without a doubt, his most relatable performance
1: raising Las Vegas. There we go. Yeah, for sure. He's, ah, man, there's, there's two sides of him, right? Like we mentioned that there's like two different halves of this movie where it's like a nice guy's buddy cop, but like kind of trending towards criminal. Mm -hmm. Um, tone and then the last half which is much more dark much more serious kind of cage and he's playing both extremely well and then in the first half he's like joking around he's talking to the chief he just wants funding for his stuff and then he's rubbing sunscreen on his nose and then he's uh <laughs> planning out a, a caper with Elijah Potter It it's a great time and he's like God. He, the way he rolls up in his minivan because they, they're planning this heist and they're just like all right i'll get the van and pick you up tomorrow at this time and he rolls up in a fucking rented minivan yeah <laughs> and he, he just looks so proud God. of the van he got and it's just like a what a dodge caravan or whatever <laughs>
0: But he's, like, he's so affable that it makes uh, Elijah Potter suspicious. Yeah. Like, unnecessarily so. Just because he's, like, way too affable. And then in one of the darker moments of the movie when uh, Elijah Potter finds out that he actually had the two tickets for their getaway to the Bahamas, that Mm -hmm. he wasn't bullshitting. (laughs) That he was, like, for real. We just found this money. You're not a sucker. You're my friend. Let's get this together.
1: Yeah. And... It's a slow reveal that Nicolas Cage, uh, a.k.a. Jim, knows more than he's letting on. He always has known about this criminal uh, organization. He's just been looking for somebody to rob them mm-hmm. with him. He's known about this safe. Uh, he just hasn't had the means to get into it yet, and he needed a partner. Yep. Um I feel like Elijah Wood takes that too personally. Who? Um, David. That's the character's there name.
0: There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. You just said some random actor I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, I'm swapping <laughs> names around as a joke, see?
0: Um, Yeah, man. And all that goes to say, like, I think it all boiled down to a much more nuanced take on the complexities of the police than most cop movies have. Like, it, This is like... It's a really smart movie. Like, it, it's just... It's just intelligent. Like, generally intelligent with some nuance to it, man.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's a smart script with, um... Like, it's... It's weird. It's, like, smart with its humor, and then it's equally smart with, like, the... Criminal... I don't know how to say it. Like, the criminal payoff or the twists and turns of kind of the drama side of things it's great yeah
0: like, no absolutely well and there's what, just... do
1: you, what, what do you mean by the police kind of side of things what are you talking about there
0: um i'm just saying that like there's like a spectrum of dirty to clean cops in this movie yeah there's like most most cop movies just portray good guys and bad guys People mm-hmm. who are, like, total Boy Scouts and just want to uphold the law and people who are entirely corrupt. And this yeah. shows, you know, some gray area and also just, like, showing showing being a cop like any other job where there's rules and most people aren't really following them. You know, like, they'll, they'll you know, kind of uh, hedge their bets on the auctions or... They find a bag of cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> they find a bag of cocaine. Gee, and whose
1: uh, dad are you? What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't really take it all that seriously. You know, it just showed like um, it showed some more depth of morality than than I would say most most cop movies do. Just I, I think it portrayed yeah. police officers as more human than you would normally see Warts yeah. and all. You know, um, and that there's a hierarchy and a pecking order, and that like any other job there's people in power who ask you to waste your time with stupid bullshit there's people who abuse power there's people who exploit it uh and there's people who are just like dude it's just another day at the office leave me alone you know yeah like, that, that's
1: that's what i like is they just showed people that were just like not just bored with their job yeah like yep. uh even the <laughs> the bigger guy from remember the titans And Frankie
0: from Boy Meets World is his name, sir. And from
1: My Name is Earl. uh... (laughs) From
0: Boy Meets Fucking World, he's the son of Vader. Right. Have you really not seen Boy Meets World?
1: I had. I didn't have cable as a kid. I listed two other things he was in, and you glazed over that
0: because they're glazed. John off. Q. You depress me. Thank you. He has a fantastic character on Boy Meets World. Sure. He's like a gangster who's the son of actual real-life awesome professional wrestler Vader, and he's also really sensitive and likes to read poetry. He's awesome.
1: He's a cop in this movie.
0: I'm aware. <laughs> that was a segue (laughs) not a statement (laughs) i loved him in this movie man i'm happy to see him whenever he shows up he rocks oh
1: yeah and he he's just another guy on that um spectrum of police indifference or bored with their job or delving into the criminal and that kind of thing It's
0: it's really cool absolutely man um i wanted to talk uh, uh, to kind of backtrack to what you mentioned earlier about like the movie's drastic tone shifts dude there's just a moment um is it the dude from the wire that's in the car we never really get a good look at his face he, no. he passed away recently unexpectedly he's also on no Community. that's not
1: michael k that's not michael k williams no. okay cool
0: I Definitely knew it was. Not. I knew it was a Michael. I've I've actually only ever seen him from Community because, as I stated earlier, I haven't seen The Wire. Um, but I know mm-hmm. he's more famous from The Wire, and that's why I said it. But um, anyway, when there's just this moment when you're just like, "Holy fuck!" Nick Cage killed a guy. That like, was <laughs> he just I, fucking killed that man.
1: Yeah, the gun dealer Bobo uh, is what <laughs> I put it. That's that's when I put the the movie takes its tonal shift oh yeah between the two movies is when he cage goes from aloof fun dad cop that's maybe like
0: oh maybe we should do some crimes yeah
1: and he shoots a gun dealer in the face yeah and you're like oh shit
0: and just like no remorse here we go no remorse (laughs) total sociopath about it
1: Yeah. yeah like maybe this guy isn't what i thought he, that's he's when not. we get
0: to understand that he knows more than he's let on. Um mm-hmm. and we've been worked. The audience has been played by this character and that's that's, right. that's smart man. It's just smart filmmaking it's smart writing. Um and ultimately like what leads to Elijah Potter's downfall is his humanity. Like mm-hmm. this was a thing mm-hmm. that like for them to succeed you had to just like completely depart morality, empathy, like, you really do see that this, like, nice, affable guy is a legitimate sociopath. Like, just, yeah. like, is going to take what he wants and doesn't care who it hurts. And it's, like, um, what absolutely fucks Elijah Potter's character is that uh, he has sympathy for a woman that he's exploiting, right? For a woman that he's mistreating and abusing and cares that she needs to call her her kid's father, um and that's what ultimately fucks it all up um mm-hmm. and again dark <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it's a movie about what a mistake it was to not just take what was yours <laughs> yeah or maybe it's a movie about like at a certain point you're in too deep and it's irredeemable you're gonna get fucked over you know like yeah um, you're not gonna Elijah get away Potter,
1: yeah he's just trying to keep up above his head and Instead of going under, um, again. So.
0: That was a good Sum 41 reference. Thanks, bud. Um... Ah,
1: Damn, I had something. Where did it go? Uh, German engineering does it again. That wasn't it. Um, Yeah, I think this is more of a movie. There's there's no good guys in this movie.
0: Yeah, no.
1: Elijah Potter wants to be a good guy but he's but
0: he's he's
1: not he he possesses some empathy Mm -hmm. which is his what you would call a downfall but he's not a good guy and when that ultimately screws him in the end like he was he was never a good guy and the people that deal with him not good guys yep it doesn't matter that he's a cop it doesn't matter his job and spoilers for the end of the movie He gets shot in the face holding up his badge to the people that are about to shoot him saying, wait, wait, I'm a cop. Yeah. And at that point, we've already kind of forgotten that he's a police officer. Yeah. Like, you kind of forget that he's a cop. Just, we've seen cops in this movie take criminal turns, like, just abusing people, abusing their power. But even in that moment, you're like, maybe that'll save him. I forgot he was a cop, but maybe that'll... Oh, he's shot in the head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, there's, there, there's, no, there's no morally righteous character in this movie at all.
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. And, you know, it's a story about, like, that was too little too late for him. Um, mm-hmm. And also he distrusted the wrong person and trusted the wrong person um Mm -hmm. this all could have worked (laughs) out for him if he trusted evil jim but he instead chose to trust the woman who was portraying very herself as very sympathetic which she was um i'm not gonna lie if somebody like breaks into your house and handcuffs you to a sink it's okay to put a hit out on them if you have the power to do that Um, like if that if that's a resource you possess and he's kidnapping you uh, I think it's fine to put a hit out on him. Um, she, but... she was smart.
1: She just outsmarted him. No, yeah. she
0: she absolutely did. She played him like a fiddle, and that's what rocks. Um, and that's what's, like, messed up is, like... It's because of his human empathy that he trusted her. Um, when, really, if he did the fucked up thing and, like, shot her in the face... And trusted his, like, even worse partner who presented as much less seedy on the surface he would have been on a plane to the Bahamas with millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's it's a fucked up movie, man. Um, yeah. So, th- um, go ahead.
1: No, you're you're good. Go ahead.
0: I've got a little, just something that I wanted to reiterate about the smart writing. The whole movie, you're expecting them to get busted. They're total amateurs. They're in over their mm-hmm. heads, and you know this. And you just keep expecting some external force to fuck it all up. And it was yeah. all internal conflict. Like, internal, relational conflict that blew the entire operation. Which I thought was fan-fucking-tastic writing. Um, yeah. That, like, they handled... their Their plan worked. And they handled all the unexpected shit that came up in their plan. Like, every hiccup, totally manageable. They did really good... But they just couldn't work it out between themselves. And that's what fucked up their plan.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's kind of annoying about movies that would be like this. It, it's just like, you know, we, me and my criminal partner, we did all these things. But ultimately, in the end, one day just the cops showed up. Yeah. Like, that's boring. That sucks. It probably, like, is what happens in real life. But we 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 get to see... These characters kind of overthink and turn against one another, yeah, and there's even a scene where a security guard shows up and is like about to bust them, and the scene plays like this guy's gonna come back later and really bust bust them or mm-hmm. bring the cops for real or something no he, he just buys leaves. It. He just, he buys it. He leaves. That's one of the hiccups like you were talking about. Yeah. And Might be my the... favorite
0: scene in the movie, by the way. Like, it's just it's so great. Good.
1: It's like this perfect blend of tension. And then like, we, we've we seen movies like this before. So you're kind of expecting yeah. a couple of certain things to happen.
0: Very genre that savvy. That don't happen. Very, yeah. very genre savvy.
1: Absolutely. They
0: knew what you were expecting and they played with it. Smart movie. That
1: that was another one of those scenes where you're just like okay we're not getting any of the jokey quips anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: like we're in this place we're doing this thing yeah so good
0: my puppy dog just came to see me It totally puppy dog me. 11 come here baby no she doesn't want to come here she wants to eat the puzzle vanessa's doing <laughs>
1: oh no she's such a big girl
0: she's a puzzle eater man she doesn't just chew them; she eats them. Um, <sighs> I have a barricade built in this room To protect the puzzle In case Eleven walked in here um, anyways, Let's hope it holds here <laughs> Are you ready to get into gimmicks Greg? Uh,
1: one last thing Please. This is the third movie We've talked about you, you mentioned this as being one of Cage's Better performances in any movie ever It's It's The tried and true thing Just keep him on a leash And then let him off for about 20 seconds yeah and when he's screaming in Elijah Potter's face to open the safe
0: open it open it open it
1: oh it's oh
0: well also that and with the
1: fear in my eyes
0: it's so good because it's so genuine and the only hint we got of the cage before was do you remember in this montage where he's hanging out with all the hotel employees and he just mm-hmm. starts like shadow boxing around the room and everyone starts laughing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was he doing in that part?
1: He was killing it, apparently.
0: Those were the two cage moments of the movie. Um Yeah, but like that's the thing though, and that's what makes this movie so so awesome, man, is they normally when Cage is on a leash and they let him off for a minute, they just make him be very quiet for the rest of the movie. Like they don't—they mm-hmm. don't give him a lot to work with in case he fucks something up. Um, he is dialogue-heavy in this movie and is showing that like he has chops beyond so bad it's good. I'm absolutely fucking crazy, and mm-hmm. I don't know—I don't know what the other extreme is. And, and um,
1: also, just like over-dramatic, like loud, expressive reactions yeah. to things. screaming in the bathroom in mandy isn't what we're getting in here we're getting something else
0: crazy grounded relatable human character um and it's one of those moments man where i'm just like dude what the fuck is nick cage (laughs) like is he is he god i don't want to know <laughs>
1: like, i just know that i love him
0: i mean it's why i it's why i typically refer to him as the corporeal deity that currently embodies the vessel of the actor known as Nicolas cage because that's, that's the right. best <laughs> that's the best explanation i can get of this man uh no doubt about it he's my favorite actor there's just no question man um i'm with you man i'm with you what's uh what's your gym within a gym
1: uh, you just mentioned it. It's uh, Jim, played by Nicolas Cage, being a cool and fun coworker at the hotel. Fuck man, he's so cool in that little montage.
0: He is, man.
1: Yeah, where he's just like, blending in and just like, kind of got the one eyebrow raised with this thick mustache and mm-hmm. just like, I'm just one of the guys. And then at the end of it, he shows Elijah Potter an envelope full of cash. He's like, "No, this is just the tips I got."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he's just having a good time with his new coworkers. <laughs> like,
0: it's, I love it, it. It's the kind of thing that makes you like wish he would just keep doing that. It's like, dude, you're yeah. you're happy. You 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 found a place for yourself. Abandon yeah. the crime. Just work at this hotel. You're having the time of your life, man. He's like, got a spot, and people love you here. Yeah. Um, we're not identical but we are very similar um in our pick this time i i just picked nick cage's performance my gym within a oh, gym like yeah. I, I don't know if that's too broad um i i could narrow it down if you wanted but i feel like we're very in the same spirit here that i was just like hey man sometimes i just want to like have my jaw on the floor and like look at the ridiculousness but like this was a fantastic performance man it, it just really was and very very outside of his norm especially at this point in his career um this is a movie no one has ever heard of i don't even remember how we heard of it um i want to <laughs> say i heard about it from you but i i literally no recollection
1: i had seen the poster before we watched it i don't know why we yeah. picked it
0: i don't either I don't care
1: as long as we got there
0: exactly um and i really seriously think it's like some of his best work and like dude say what you want about nick cage but don't fucking pretend he hasn't had a prolific career because he has yeah um he he has just had one of the coolest most amazing acting careers in the history of cinema don't at me Uh, like actually at me because i would just i i'm not having a great week and i would love to just displace my rage onto you because i will fucking embarrass you if you try to uh, argue that he hasn't um
1: C- cage discourse is the remedy to a bad week at work
0: you know what when you make over 90 features i'll let you say shit about nick cage
1: i've made zero i've been Same. the script supervisor slash boom mic operator on zero movies <laughs>
0: I have made a handful of shorts. I have no idea what the the movie is, or the number is, and I wouldn't even say I've made some of them. I've helped with some shorts in that handful. Mm-hmm. Some I would say I've made, and those are uh, the worst ones. <laughs> Usually the ones that I helped with turned out a little bit better. Um, I've,
1: I've cut some pants into shorts. Uh,
0: Denny... <laughs> Hold on. Do you have to guess? You have to guess my favorite. Line. I do have to I'm, guess. I'm one yeah. beer up right now. Hold on. Let me, let me let me definitively pick my favorite and my my runner up. Uh, so so I know for sure. Um, I've got my favorite. Let me pick the uh, the runner up really quick. Okay, I've got my favorite and my runner up.
1: Um, my runner up before I pick is. Nicholas Cage in the safe that they've cracked Elijah Potter has realized that he knew the whole time what was going on what what it was they were looking for and it's this pristine safe it's not just like a loose pile of cash it is a Ikea level set of cabinets full of diamonds, cash, various uh, valuables. And he's just looking around and says, where are we? And Nicolas Cage says, we're in the heart of the American dream.
0: So good. So
1: good. So good. Um, But my favorite and the one that I think might be one of yours is Nick Cage in the bar saying, David, David, stay positive, dude. Ooh.
0: We're so close that I'm going to say we're one for one. Unless you want purity. Because that's so close. Um,
1: I'll take the L. It's fine.
0: My my runner-up is Elijah Potter saying, don't take this the wrong way because we're friends and you're also my boss. But fuck you, this is some bullshit. (laughs) Which I just (laughs) thought was so fucking funny. Um, My number one favorite is, and again, if you want to go one for one on beers for this, I will totally take it because it is absolutely in the same spirit and is just a semantic difference. Um, I come prepared. That's what you do when you're someone who refuses to underestimate the power of positive thinking. Um, and same I, vein. I did write down David, stay positive, dude, because I loved it. And I thought that line was just a little bit better because <laughs> it, it had the build of david stay positive dude which was real funny and then you find out this is some weird like sociopath criminal obsessed with positive thinking um, yeah I'll, I'll buy you a beer and you can buy me a beer and we can even it out i i think together no but but, but we both get a beer okay okay we both yeah. get a beer um, you just
1: get an extra one from before
0: right and you get an extra one from before i i i'm I'm totally fine calling this at one for one, because that showed that you knew me, and you knew what I liked, and it's really just, uh... It's, it's splitting hairs. I'll, I'll go, you're one-on-one. On one.
1: Okay, I appreciate it, man. Uh, this is all gonna come to fruition when we watch Cats together.
0: Oh my god. I'm um, gonna need more than one beer for that. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna need... <laughs>
0: Denny, you owe me
1: seven, and I also owe you seven.
0: That's after we uh, take a couple shots, right?
1: <laughs> we do have to re- record something after that. Um, well,
0: I, I think sober or not, I'm gonna be crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the difference? <laughs> oh my god, dude! My uh, my my December is getting booked up. We gotta we gotta plan that out.
1: The Jellicle, are doing some bullshit. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't fucking do care.
0: Don't do this to me. Don't, <sighs> not not until teasing. we absolutely have to.
1: We're teasing. <sighs> uh, my personal gimmick, my favorite jarring commercial moment. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, the movie takes a turn. It becomes a, the second movie becomes a fun, comedic, well-paced, buddy cop crime comedy And then, Nicolas Cage shoots a gun dealer in the face, and then we get a commercial break where I'm yelled at again by Kate McKinnon about Verizon. Just, the movie has taken a turn, (laughs) the tone has completely shifted, and I'm learning about all the ways to enjoy entertainment on America's largest 5G network, or something fuck capitalism
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait we but, we just said earlier are you gonna say it
1: yeah capital no i'm not capitalism enhances schlock put it on a t-shirt put it on a t-shirt it made it it almost made my favorite line for frozen so if this was a bad movie that would have been my favorite line somewhere <laughs> capitalism enhances schlock baby
0: Speaking of how good or bad this movie was, Greg, what is your critic or score for the Trust? Uh,
1: mine feels low. I gave it a thirty out of forty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I, maybe I'm taking like the tonal shift a little too harshly, but I'm enjoying it the whole time I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Even though it does have like a low budget feel, it doesn't like have the mistakes or like. Necessarily into the airs of that. Like, the performances are great. Mm -hmm. It's shot fine. The audio is great. Like, there's nothing really wrong with it. Um, I'm not sure where my shortcoming is. I just, I feel this out as a 30 out of 40. Yeah. I still like it a lot. And I would love to watch it again, but just not anytime soon. And maybe that's kind of why. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm sitting there what about you
0: i think once again we are very much on the same page i gave it a 38 out of 50 which is you know ballpark close um very far from an insult um i i kind of agree with you that that uh there's there's very little wrong with this movie i actually don't know that i made any critiques i don't know that i can really say there's anything no. wrong with this movie. Um. I think it lacks that that X factor that gives it the big movie feel. Um, this is a really, really good movie that I really can't say anything negative about. But it's also not a stop the world and watch it movie. I, I can't really say that I think you've really missed out if you haven't seen this. Um, right. If you want something a little different, a little outside your norm, this would be probably one of the first movies I would tell you to watch um if you haven't seen it it's not like so amazing that your life is less enriched without it and that's kind of what i reserve those really high ratings for that i'm like this movie's just sitting there and you're not watching it get with it like What's it's they're waiting yeah. <laughs> for you to watch it whenever you want and you'll have a fantastic emotional experience and I can't really say that about the trust, but that's not cuz there's anything wrong with it. I'm uh, y- you know what I miss, Greg? You know what I miss? Ooh, do tell. When Michael Eisner, that's right, I name-dropped him. Not that I know oh, him. That's not name dropping. <laughs> when Michael Eisner ran Paramount and Disney, he had and a
1: Paramount Plus.
0: Don't put that on Mikey eyes.
1: I'm just, I'm just bullshitting. Don't put that Please. on.
0: Don't put that blunder on Eisner. Um, don't
1: let me interrupt he's, you. He's
0: already got California Adventure and Disneyland Paris to live with. Uh, <laughs> don't give him this.
1: <laughs> These are some deep cuts, buddy. Not Please. if you're a
0: big fan of Disney Parks YouTube. Please. <laughs> um, he had this strategy for making movies that he called the base hit strategy, where he mm-hmm. was like. Not everything has to make a hundred million dollars. We'll make a lot of money over time. If we make a movie with like, let's get like one big name and write a really good script. Because that's the cheapest part of making a movie is writing a good story. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like, get like one, one star and tell a great story and you've got a base hit. And if you make a bunch of base hits, you'll make a lot of money. And that's the mentality. You get a lot of RBIs. Exactly. Um, That's the mentality that got us stuff like the Mighty Ducks. Right? You know, like, Mm -hmm. um, that's what gets you something like the Karate Kid. I don't even know if Paramount made that movie. But I'm just saying, like, nowadays, there's Marvel movies and Oscar bait. And there's nothing in between. I miss movies like The Trust that were good, but not world-stopping. That you could just Mm -hmm. watch a good movie and have it be good and have it not be insulting and have it not be Fast and the Furious 10, but also not have it be, like, incredibly enriching or deep or prolific or profound. That's the word I was looking for when I said prolific. There you go. I really miss movies like this. Um... And so it's it's a very loving thirty eight. This is a long walk for a short drink of water about why I (laughs) gave this my critic score, but um, I truly think this is a really really good movie, and I wish there were more like it. And not everything has to be um, some sort of like life altering. This was so good, I needed to talk about a type of movie. Yeah, it can just Um, be a good movie. That's it. It can just be good, solid.
1: it is a perfectly fine movie that is near and dear to my heart.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm down with it. And, again, smarter than most movies in its genre.
1: Now, Denny, I see you sitting there. You've been giving criticer scores, and I think they've been very good. And I don't mean to be critical of your criticer scores. However, I think your taste in film has been a little <laughs> bit feminine. All that being said, I think you should join me in the Dangerous Nights class so we can talk about films that are a little more masculine. This will help you progress in the world of karate. To make you achieve... The black Belt, you okay, buddy?
0: Seamless <laughs> at it. You caught was, me off guard with your, there. with your Jesse Eisenberg.
1: The point here was to catch you off guard... And you may notice I was going to strike you with a seamless edit.
0: <laughs> and you snuck in and I think you should leave reference to boot. <laughs> I just want it to be known that at the time we started this podcast, the only impression I knew Greg had was the walk, don't walk guy from the crosswalks <laughs> on the square in Denton. Wait. Wait. (laughs) Still got it. I don't know why I didn't generalize that. If Greg can impersonate the crosswalk perfectly, why would he not be able to impersonate notable actors? (laughs) But it just... You've got so many in your back pocket...
1: I was being myself more than Jesse Eisenberg. I think he and I just have a ton in common.
0: <laughs> that may be true. Thing. <laughs> that may be true.
1: That was effortless. I wasn't trying to do him. I was trying to be me. <laughs> oh. Trying to speak like a person in our next movie. The Art of Self-Defense. Oh, this yeah. is a hidden gem that was hidden for me, I'm sad to say. Denny, this was your pick.
0: Uh-huh. Oh.
1: Wake, wake up, buddy. We're really
0: burning through nap time, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're just powering right through.
1: Um, We're just powering right through nap time. Yeah, uh, Denny, this is your pick, The Art of Self Defense. Twenty nineteen's Dark Humor Indie Classic I'd say so. I don't so. know. Sure, whatever. It's it's great. Uh summarize the art of self defense for us, if you could please.
0: Um Jesse Eisenberg is your classic beta male. Um he's uh honestly In this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uh i was gonna say he seems dissatisfied with he his seems life great. i don't know yeah he's but probably
1: probably a nice guy i don't know yeah being he, an asshole
0: he's typecast as, as a beta male that's that's <laughs> his whole gimmick um mm-hmm. but uh he, he's the the michael Sarah for the post 2014 man um <laughs> but um i was gonna say he seems dissatisfied with his life but honestly i don't think he is at all when the movie starts out i think he's pretty happy and pretty well adjusted and pretty fine with everything he experiences a traumatic mugging um and his life changes because of it he wants to defend himself he wants to feel more masculine he wants to feel like he could protect himself if it ever happened again um as Colts often do, they prey upon the vulnerable and so recently he, traumatized.
1: He joins a karate class. Yes. That just does those thing. Yes, he that joins it a karate class. to
0: be a little bit of a cult You yeah. picked the wrong karate class, Mark Zuckerberg. Um <sighs> <laughs> Um So yeah, he uh he goes to a karate class and it just gets in way too deep. <laughs> <laughs> just gets in way too deep into this karate class um yeah he, he
1: tries to keep his head up above but
0: i mean some people have the dignity of saying they drank the kool-aid uh in this movie jesse eisenberg's character just took a big gatorade cooler of it and chugged it just dumped As... it all over his head and just...
1: he's eventually trying to like learn the recipe yeah, of the kool-aid like i'll help make it please yeah uh <laughs> um
0: things things get darker and darker eventually uh his humanity wins out and he realizes he's in a fucked up situation and just <laughs> and makes makes some much needed changes to the cult. um we see very much that this is a world without many consequences in it but it still feels uh for for all the stuff that happens in this movie fairly grounded despite like uh People just, like, killing each other every once in a while and nothing really happening because of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, Denny
1: with some major spoilers there.
0: Well, it's, you know.
1: It's a podcast. We assume you've seen this hidden gem.
0: If you haven't, you really fucking... I'm (laughs) I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. Honestly, I don't know why you would think this would
1: will I'll bleep it out. I'll give people a chance to say, oh, I don't want this spoiled. I want to go go watch this.
0: No, because I will say, like, I don't know why you would think this would be spoiler-free, but just in case you did, as someone who is also very sensitive to spoilers, I think that uh, this movie is really worth watching. I I would hate it if I ruined that for you. Greg, please, please bleep it out. If you had any doubt in your mind whether or not you should watch The Art of Self-Defense, we will spoil it from here on um greg's gonna bleep out what i just said from here on out spoilers are fair game but if i just ruined it um well i'm not sorry anymore because greg's gonna fix it greg sorry for making editing, you do extra work
1: editing greg has written down the note to fix it yeah all right it's okay just, just um
0: just cut in some of my silly songs from unused footage from earlier episodes the penis song would be very apropos <laughs>
1: just gonna do a beep (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna be regular here
0: that's fine
1: um this is a great movie this is a great movie uh so you'd you'd seen this before you suggested it right
0: yeah we'll, we'll get into our history with it real quick um i dude i love going to alamo draft house and i love that they show some weird stuff that i can't find at most theaters um i went to see this alone like I, I wanted to see it. I went by myself. I thought it looked really cool. Um I don't remember why Vanessa didn't want to go, but she didn't. Maybe she was busy or out of town or some shit. I don't know. Um, Maybe
1: she, she saw the trailer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the trailer. Is it bad? It it
1: uh I'll get into it. Go ahead.
0: So, I I saw this alone and I, this was not a very successful movie as far as I'm aware. I haven't looked at the budget figures, but like I started spreading its gospel because I was like, holy shit, that was, like, really good. Like, not just, like, like, the trust is fun and better than you expect, but, like, the art of self-defense, I was like, that was, like, good. Like, that was, like, a really Mm -hmm. good movie I just watched. And so I started trying to get people to see it. I think I said last week that I found one person who saw it, and I forgot um i saw two people who'd seen this movie uh troy stewart and michael lawson i don't know if michael listens uh troy troy stewart uh is going through the podcast from the beginning so when he gets to this hey buddy happy name drop congratulations
1: Um, and happy new year you know
0: what troy for listening to all the episodes you and ariel (laughs) friends of the show you're friends of the show and happy new year to you
1: (laughs) yeah if if he's listening to this on new year's we're gonna be so fucking smart let's
0: assume it's 2022 by now (laughs) troy your birthday party was so fun i enjoyed whirly ball with you Uh, (laughs) that's a message from the future from me and from the past for you anyways i got like literally two people to go see this movie just because i needed to talk about it with somebody um and i really loved it and going into this i was like i wonder if it's as good as i think it was and the answer is yes I was absolutely right this is a really good movie greg what's your what's your relationship with this movie what's your history
1: um i hadn't seen it before and i feel kind of bad about it i i watched the trailer i think uh i went into work one day and before work started you know people were kind of we were just kind of watching stuff on youtube together as a group and someone pulled up the trailer for this and you, you you know how much i don't like watching trailers this is something i watched i wasn't really expecting to i uh, i don't know man so yeah obviously first time watching it the trailer makes it seem like uh jesse eisenberg's character casey is just such an off-the-wall weirdo mm-hmm. that he is rejected and finds like acceptance within a karate class. Yeah, and then the trailer kind of goes on and says like a um, a fantastic black comedy, a dark, which are which are sketchy buzzwords. Toys?
0: Those are usually lazy excuses for being edge lords and being like we're a dark comedy. Fuck off. Well, it
1: kind it is, but what I was expecting was a movie in that Casey Jesse Eisenberg's character was the only weirdo. Yeah. And I want I I started this movie and, you know, he he's kind of a weird guy. He goes to work. He's an accountant at his job. Uh he's got a little dog. And I'm just like, oh, no. My guard is all the way up. There's a dog. There's a weak feminine character, as they all describe him as. Mm -hmm. There's a weak character with no self-confidence. The dog is going to die, and either he's going to die, or something terrible is going to happen, and it's supposed to be a big joke, and he's just a big weirdo. What I got was... Everyone in this movie is a giant fucking weirdo. Yeah. Everybody talks like they are from outer space. Very Juno.
0: (laughs) Very Juno.
1: No, no, no. This is way different. Well, no,
0: sorry, sorry. Only in the sense that everyone's talking like people don't talk. It's very much like Juno in that sense.
1: Kind of. um, Not in the same
0: style, but just in the like their dialogue is is very stylized is what i'm trying to say
1: over stylized but i feel like you threw me off with juno man that complete you threw off my groove excuse me like i i won't i won't entertain that comparison because i think it's completely different it's just like it is juno is supposed to be a human story maybe there's like some stylized dialogue but ultimately at the end of it these are human people
0: yeah wizard going
1: through human things and even though they say quirky things they have their emotional human moments
0: sorry i couldn't hear you my uh headphones are a cheeseburger
1: i'm about to quit this fucking (laughs) podcast (laughs) Overrated fucking piece of shit. All right, uh, judo.
0: <laughs> whatever. We... We're not
1: talking about that. We're talking about the art of self-defense. I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to assert self-confidence here.
0: Greg, you're being very masculine right now. I just want can to I talk you for that? You can talk. You can talk.
1: I have traded in my little Shih Tzu for a German Shepherd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I miss no. I'm
1: never. I'm never replacing my Shih Tzu. He's a good boy he's a little he's a snuggle bug
0: he is love that dog
1: mr stinky pumpkin um (laughs) (laughs) anyways the people in this movie the way they talk nobody can be described as human everyone talks like they're from outer space there is no emotional connection the way to approach this movie is to go in and say I'm not going to take anything seriously yeah this movie is absurd start to finish any emotional scene is I don't want to say derailed but or invalidated but it's through a lens of just complete absurdity I kind of defined this movie as subdued absurdity where it's the tone of it is very serious and like kind of dark um there's just like these intense emotional things happening but the way people act and the way people talk to each other even like minor characters is just inhuman and just completely insane and ah oh, why the fuck did you talk about Juno it threw <laughs> off my entire thought process i'm sorry I I had other stuff I was going to say. I cannot think of any of it. Because I'm just thinking about stupid fucking Juno crying in her minivan.
0: Jesus, I love that movie.
1: It's whatever. It's overrated.
0: (laughs) I didn't say it wasn't, but I love it. (laughs) Greg, can I say something? Sure. I'm sorry about the dog. I forgot about that when I picked this movie.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I said at the top... My guard was all the way up when I saw a cute little dog with a sad little character. I said, oh no, that dog's going to die. And I was right, and I did fast forward through most of that part.
0: It is but is gut-wrenching. It,
1: it is gut-wrenching. But, like I said, if you take any part of this movie seriously, you're, you're missing out on the quality of it, I think. I'd agree. If you just let the... <laughs> insanity of it how every line of dialogue between every character is completely absurd just let that wash over you the actions and the tone of the movie don't feel as impactful because if these people talked like humans this would be one of the most upsetting movies i've ever seen yeah truly despite depressing. its despite its um protagonist positive resolution i'll say yeah um fuck man I was gonna get to that towards the end
0: but yeah Well, um sorry about Juno <laughs> sorry for what uh, that movie did to you Um didn't do
1: anything it was just
0: I'm sorry about the dog um that sucks on the note of like th- so this is something that like I really think enhances the movie right it's what you were saying about like I never even thought about how they talk so weird and that makes the movie work more. Hmm. Um, this is a movie like airplane in the sense that like nearly every line they say is funny. It's just everything they say is a joke that lands and yet like an airplane like the airplane. Yeah. Um, (laughs)
1: Spoilers for Airplane, The Plane
0: Plans. (laughs) Barely. Um, And and yet... Yet the tone of the movie is so dark that it just doesn't seem like they're doing gag-a-minute Leslie Nielsen puns constantly. You know, like... But, like, nearly every single moment of this movie is funny. But also uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, dude, like, every every conversation and, like, every one-liner, I was like, I could make this a seamless edit joke or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, like, exactly what you're saying, I had a note that says, it kind of covers that exactly, where the the lady on the voice machine in Casey's apartment... Just like the voice machine recorder voice. She's just, like, snarky.
0: No She's one just else just has <laughs> left you a message. She's like,
1: like, you only have one message. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> she says it, like, a little bit more robotic. She just, like, adds one extra word to make it, like, a little bit of a joke. Yeah. And I feel like if... The majority of filmmakers now, if they were trying to make an airplane-style comedy, would just do that same bit, but have it be like, Hey, motherfucker, you have one message, you piece of shit, because nobody loves you. And, like, they would just blow it way out of proportion and just, like, make it so absurd and crass and profane and, like, just go for, like, a shock laugh. Yeah. But this one is just like, they just add one or two extra words yeah, and just make it like, it's an absurd thing. But like I said, subdued absurdity.
0: Well, yeah, and that's like what I just said. Uh, no one else has left you a message. It's just different enough that it's funny. Like what it would actually say is mm-hmm. like, there are no further messages or something like that. Yeah. But instead it end, says, end nobody else called you. it's like just slightly different from what it would actually say and because of that you like kind of do a double take and you're like wait what holy shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly and that helps us sell the world of Everyone talks like a complete weirdo. Everybody's a weirdo. This is not based in reality. You can detach a little bit, even though the tone... If you're just paying attention to what happens and not how and why it happens, you're going to be upset and sad. Yeah. But if you just buy into this world of just, like, ridiculous conversation and, like, ridiculous inhuman people and even... Um, voicemail machine people yeah you're gonna have a much better time
0: well yeah and i think what really helps with it is there's this kind of veil over it of uh they don't really say when the time is like we don't get like a definitive setting but like nobody has cell phones everybody has landlines and the computers that we see are very uh Late 90s, early 2000s, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we kind of get the vibe. They never say, like, they never, like, play a 90s hit um, that, like, sets the tone or anything. But we just kind of slowly start to realize this is kind of a period piece. Is this long enough ago that we're calling the 90s a period piece now? I'm going to do it. Um, Ouch. (laughs) Fuck. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I spent hundreds of dollars at the chiropractor in the last month and a half. It's one hundred percent true. I had... They made a period piece about my time on the internet. Oh, god!
1: Damn let's it. go back to bed, Grandpa Danny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I think that veil kind of helps. That you're just like, this is a different world. Communication is yes. not the same as it was right now, and they don't really dial it up, but. Uh, you can figure it out right like you you start to wonder like why don't people text each other um and then you're like oh shit no one in this movie has a cell phone right like when mm-hmm. you start wondering that
1: i'm not gonna lie i didn't realize that nobody had a cell phone yeah
0: no one not that i'm Absol- aware of at least i, just I don't remember did anything.
1: not realize and he's <laughs> please continue sorry
0: um so i do want to say that uh this movie is a very on-the-nose and very appropriate critique of toxic masculinity. Um, I also want to make a point that a recently promoted friend of the show Troy Stewart made to me when he saw this movie was that he was like, yeah, this came out, like, ten years after MMA was the vehicle for that. You know, like, like mm-hmm. culture had kind of moved on from this, and he kind of thought it was lame that... Uh, That like they were he was like dude it kind of seemed like we get it you know Um, it's not that the point about toxic masculinity is irrelevant but the vehicle of combat sports wasn't really Um, so I looked into it a little bit and this movie got made because the the director took jujitsu classes (laughs) and just (laughs) felt the need to tell his story to tell his tale Um, it really was like a very personal thing of like. I, I would actually agree with Troy that, like, uh, no one gave a fuck about UFC anymore at this point. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't this, like, uh, Ed Hardy, affliction-style toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity had kind of shapeshifted by the point that this movie came out. Um, and yet, <laughs> it was just done because the director wanted to talk about what he'd been through.
1: <laughs> Which yeah. I kind
0: of love. And, I don't know, for me, it just it just still worked. Um
1: I think I think that still works. I do too. Because of the fact, like you were just saying, where it's just—is this a period piece of like the the long, long ago of two thousand three? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it works.
0: I wanted to ask you something. Ah. Did you ever take uh, karate or taekwondo as a kid? Sure didn't. Ah, uh, I did. I made it to brown belt.
1: Ooh. You didn't yeah. have any uh, stripes on there?
0: I don't remember. Um, I basically remember to get from brown to red to black, you actually had to really start working. And that was about the point that I gave up.
1: hmm <laughs> like... but i'm here all the time
0: yeah they weren't just gonna move you up for going through the motions anymore and i was pretty much done with it at that point Um, well
1: brown's pretty close i'm out of here yep (laughs) off off to disney world yep
0: i took taekwondo i uh i remember very little about what i learned what i do remember and what i really related to this movie in was uh i was very scared to break the boards um i thought it would hurt um i have always been a gentle soul <laughs> my, my whole life mm-hmm. i like to draw <laughs> i I've made a career out of talking about feelings um i'm a he gentle has. soul and uh <laughs> taekwondo was not for me but uh mr sester and mr sester if you're out there somewhere this brown belt salutes you, and I—I I think I could palm strike the board now. I really think I could. I think I could do it. I think I'm ready. It took me he has, it took me 31 years, but I'm ready.
1: He no longer has empathy for thin planks of wood.
0: <laughs> well,
1: finally beat it out of him.
0: As long as you don't draw a smiley face on it. If there's a smiley face on it, I'm sorry, what but if, that could be what a if you sentient. draw an angry face. <laughs> Still, on Blue's Clues, that qualifies as a sentient being. <laughs> and i can't harm it <laughs> don't you dare name it <laughs> have this this Ability this to do that
1: ah uh, split planky down the middle no
0: why'd you call him that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um <sighs> yeah i thought it was in- interesting that anna uh played by this is probably right imogen poots her
0: last name is poots middle school must have been rough
1: (laughs) god bless her she uh the the only on-screen female character that had lines because there were like moms of the kids in one of the kid karate classes um this (laughs) it's funny like she's the only female character uh with lines like i said yeah and jesse eisenberg's casey still feels like genuinely the most feminine person in the whole in the whole film yeah uh to a certain point point. <laughs> and, and i'm glad this movie went full absurd because like i said I i thought he was going to be the one weirdo that talked like a freak but and was like picked on and made fun of and then ultimately never found himself but everybody was a freak. He just uh, was viewed as not masculine because he didn't listen to heavy metal and had a small dog.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, like she, you, she, Greg.
1: Kind of like me. Except I you're to,
0: masculine. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, because I listen to metal. I know. And <laughs> exude confidence. But my my the my dog is really small.
0: You did invert my elbow last time I came over. That was very masculine of you.
1: That's true. You hanged yourself for it, if I recall. <laughs>
0: yes. Hey, Greg, is that is that a yellow accent on your hoodie? Are you a yellow belt?
1: <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I love it. No, I... Start... Go ahead. Start Starts wearing his yellow belt
0: so everywhere. funny.
1: Practicing karate under his desk at work. <laughs> Dude, I think... The one person, the one person in the movie that doesn't talk like an insane weirdo alien is his boss. Oh, yeah. uh, Grant.
0: (laughs) Who is just so great to him throughout the whole movie.
1: He is the one person that's nice to him. He's the one person that talks like a human being. (laughs) And Casey punches him in the fucking neck when he's being... (laughs) even nicer to him than he has been before
0: this dude gave the guy a paycheck out of his own pocket so we could have more time off work to recover from his traumatic assault <laughs> he's like the coolest boss you could
1: ever dream of he's so nice he seems great he's fantastic he's the only one talking like a person Casey yeah. <laughs> case just gets up goes into a karate stance punches him in the throat and says bosses are not supposed to be friends with their employees that's not the way this works <laughs> <laughs> and then goes to his coworkers, hey shut up shut the fuck up i just punched grant in the throat and it felt great i'm going to sit in your chair now <laughs> just i i i would i want to give grant some credit for being um <laughs> the one human in a weird world of sickos
0: yeah no, he he was a great boss. He was he was a fantastic boss, and I'm glad you brought him up because I was like, he can't get away with that. Like we we have to acknowledge that like he was such a cool guy and just got his ass kicked. <laughs> And something that was so fucking funny is a couple days later when Casey goes, I was unexpectedly let go from my accounting job <laughs> after he fucking, like, he's literally like, <laughs> there's a pair of tits on his computer monitor. He's like just sitting at work, looking at boobs, not even masturbating. And his boss doesn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. He doesn't care. And it's just I'm learning like, German. <laughs> and is nice to him and then throat punches him. And he's like, "I was unexpectedly let go from my account." So fucking funny.
1: There's so many little scenes like that where just people just brush off something that you and I, of course, would be like, "Yeah, no shit." Like, well, maybe I punched my boss in the throat. Like, I was just unexpectedly let go. (laughs) There, there's so many scenes like that, man. Like I said, like I gotta watch this movie again just because I feel like every other line of dialogue was just like a under-delivered joke for like a scene like ten minutes ago, and it's like a huge payoff.
0: <laughs> I I have had a hard time picking a favorite line, and I don't even know that I've fully decided yet. I I wrote down some of my favorites, but there's just so many money lines in this movie man
1: i'm still gonna make guesses later on but yeah uh,
0: i'll let you i'll let you make your guesses oh, I'll, I'll 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 decide before you make your guesses integrity all right um because this it. is this is the rubber beer um greg do
1: you think this yeah 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 you you first
0: can i blow your mind real quick please since I, is pollux troy from face off
1: God damn.
0: Awesome, right?
1: That's awesome. Awesome. I, I looked at that guy's IMDB and I didn't scroll down far enough, it seems.
0: Yeah. He's he's uh Nick Cage's brother in face off. <sighs>
1: damn. That's so cool.
0: Fucking Leslie. He,
1: Leslie I I figured out your name was Leslie, which is much more feminine than Casey, and I used it to anger you. <laughs> Ah oh, man. He he was great in this movie. The sensei was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He was funny as hell. He's like comedic like satirical levels of sexist. Yeah. Which like
0: which by the way, we've watched a lot of sexist movies. Mm-hmm. finally we got to watch one that did it on purpose with the point of making a commentary about it because <laughs> we've yeah. just lo- we've watched a lot for this podcast that were just sexist just right. the end they were just unexamined unexamined sexism <laughs> this one was at least there we go i, I, I don't want to name it <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> um God, this but John
1: Cusack awesome. kind of sucked, you know.
0: <laughs> Fuck high fidelity.
1: <laughs> That's the only movie I was talking about. Denny,
0: what's what, I, what what were you gonna say there? Oh man, I lost my train of thought with the unexpected Rocky impersonation. Rocky? <laughs> oh, he was here. <laughs> he was. Um, he, he was Sly swung by really quick. Okay, no, uh, no, he, I got it. Shadow
1: back. boxed his way into the podcast. So, yeah, go ahead.
0: While we're on Sensei. For all the uh-huh. absurdity of this movie, it had a really astute understanding of how you brainwash and gaslight people and you saw it in Sensei. Um mm-hmm. especially with like degrading someone until they're broken and then when they are just like at their wit's end, that's when you show them compassion because they will want it so badly and you give them just a little taste of what they crave. And then they'll be yours. And this is Mm -hmm. not something I know because I've done it, but because it has (laughs) happened to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, No, but it really, like, that element is what takes this from, like, just a weird, strange, dark comedy into something that is emotive and powerful. Like, dude, this movie, both times I watched it, left me in a heavy place. Because, honestly... It really ties into my core pain and just, like, the crippling loneliness I used to feel. You know, like, there's just just still parts of me that still think I'm in that place still. Um, parts of me that haven't caught up with reality, that I'm not stuck there anymore. But, man, I was a sensitive, straight boy born into a toxically masculine world where, like... I had no idea what a straight guy who gives a fuck about people is. You know, like, it was like, you're either gay or you're a woman. And I didn't know what that meant for me. Um, And this movie really brings it up for me, man. Like, I I realize Mm -hmm. I just drastically swung in an emotional place. But, like, fuck, man. This really touches on some of my core wounds. It really does.
1: Yeah. Um... Shit, I don't even know what to say. I I don't think I ever, like, thought about it that way. Or, like, I grew up similar to you, mm-hmm. of course. Maybe similar backgrounds. I don't think I was as criticized because, you know, growing up, I was much more um, reserved. Mm-hmm. I never really expressed any sort of uh, compassion or feeling and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I just, I didn't, the safest thing was just not express anything at all. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I feel like Casey in this movie is pretty similar, where he's not expressing anything or, like, trying to uh, stay as reserved as possible until he's just forced into having to come to terms with his lack of confidence his lack of ability to defend himself Mm -hmm. and as we find out this was kind of decided or instigated by the sensei and the other like higher level guys within the karate group that he's joined yeah they they beat him and they've brought him into this world and he's no longer allowed to be reserved and he's like coming to terms with that with his enemies so to speak
0: yeah well it it brings up something that like not not a person i necessarily want to promote for obvious reasons but a bit that i related to uh from from louis ck um dude get help i hope you got help um but (laughs) um like he talks about how straight men are exhausting themselves Because we're like the only demographic that is constantly worried that someone will think we're not straight or something other than we are. Like he had this bit where he was like, do you think gay guys are going around panicked that someone might think they're straight or like are straight women afraid to like hug each other or show vulnerability with each other because someone might think they're lesbian No, it's straight men that are doing this to themselves, like torturing themselves, being like, I hope no one thinks I'm feminine or gay, (laughs) you know, like, and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, what the fuck would happen if they did, man? Who gives a fuck? Show compassion to another dude. Show your own vulnerability, man. Like, you just, you don't have to do this to yourself. Um, Yeah, As (laughs)
1: as, as long as you know what you are, who you are, and you're comfortable with that you can you can pretty much do anything.
0: Absolutely, man. Um so yeah, if you're I don't know, a dude like us or a just generally reserved person, I'd encourage you to open up. I hope we gave you permission cuz we just uh swung to vulnerability really fast. <laughs> Both of us did. Mm-hmm. Um it just I don't know. I felt like it came up organically and I just kind of followed that rabbit trail. But man, like I really like I was like, man, Watching this before work might have been a mistake because I kind of need to. I kind of <laughs> need to process some stuff, and I don't really have yeah. the space to do it right now. Um, it, it, it hit me really hard. I think that's what resonated with me so much about it was, um, just so many years of being told and believing what Casey told in this movie of just like the way you are is not okay. You have mm-hmm. to change to be okay. Um, and I internalized so much of that, man. I felt a lot of shame. And this movie, having a conversation about it was really freeing for me. But also very... Uh, I don't want to say triggering. Because I like to respect that word. Because it gets thrown around too much. Um, but just uh, just hooked into my shit, man. It just hooked into my shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we'll get back on the movie side of the movie. That! that uh this is a weird prequel to vivarium uh which came out two months after this i don't
0: know what vivarium is but i assume it's a good joke that you just made uh
1: it is a movie starring jesse eisenberg and imogen poots as a couple it's like a horror thriller kind of movie (laughs)
0: that's awesome that that happened (laughs) it it came out two
1: months after this where they're like a couple that like go to a suburb to buy a house and then they're like okay we visited the house time to leave and then they like get stuck and they like go in circles they can't leave and then they just get stuck in this suburban house with like robotic neighbors or some shit i didn't watch it but
0: (laughs) that's really funny i did not know that
1: I'm glad they found love in Karate Class. After, um, after
0: I get done with my uh, my Nick Cage Las Vegas theory, I'll uh, I'll tie those movies together, but I'm going to have to watch Vivarium first.
1: I mean, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> Thanks, Lola. <laughs> it's literally right there. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I just watched this... season five of Big Mouth. What about it?
1: <laughs> oh, shit. No, no spoilies.
0: It's out. Enjoy it. It's really good. Um...
1: This is one of the few movies where I knew what was going to happen Hmm. before things were happening. Hmm. I was just like, oh, these guys, they were the bikers. Um,
0: (sighs) That's my one note. It's a little coincidental that he happened to go to that gym.
1: I know that he's going to use the gun now.
0: Ooh, I didn't call the gun.
1: I called the gun. I called them being the bikers before it was revealed. Um, I, I
0: called them being the bikers. That was actually kind of lame. Just a little... It was something that happened so the plot could happen. And you knew it. I,
1: I, I liked it because I got it. And I'm like, ah, this movie is making me feel smart now. I, I'm not saying it's dumb that it happened or like it's lesser in any way. Um...
0: It, it it knocked it down a few <clears> points. <throat> I, I don't mind it because it just... It was a reach that allowed for a lot of good things to happen, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a reach.
1: Yeah, I I feel like their motivation was just, we're going to attack a bunch of people. Maybe one of them's going to come in and we'll change their lives. Yeah, and They're going to f- find their security here. We're going to hit strike the right chord with somebody and they're going to come join us. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I I do love the reveal that the sensei was just recording all of it on his big dumb camcorder, yeah. and like making bum fights tapes, yeah. <laughs> like his editing bay. Yeah. And then even funnier when Jesse Eisenberg karate chopped the tape in half. That fucking rocked. I like that he got good at karate, where he was legitimately like just, yeah karate chopping shit. <laughs> I mean,
0: he worked his ass off. It was his whole life. It was what gave his existence he earned it. meaning.
1: He was one of the best yellow belts that ever wore a yellow belt.
0: So, on the um, on the note of belts, mm-hmm. we touched on it earlier, but we'd be remiss Ooh. to not acknowledge how fucking funny it was that the two dudes with black and brown belts loved their custom-made black and brown belts so they could wear their belt everywhere. Fuck! <laughs> so fucking funny funny
1: (laughs) the you spoiled my gem within a gem.
0: oh which is shit. we should start talking about these before i keep spoiling yours and i'm sorry i don't mean to do it
1: only we'll only discuss gimmicks but yeah my gem within a gem is the sensei getting so jesse eisenberg he feels incomplete without his yellow belt he wants to wear it everywhere he goes so he gets a custom belt from uh from a company That's just like a regular belt, but it's just the color yellow. And they have a minimum order of 50, so he just buys all the colors of karate belts. And he gets the sensei a black one, and he's like, this is great. It's like I can wear a black belt wherever I go, and it keeps my pants up. (laughs) You could just... (laughs) The most common belt you could buy is a black belt, yes. and he's just like enamored with this custom belt that's made to look like the belt he wears in karate. One of the f- funniest things I've ever seen in this movie.
0: <laughs> um, absolutely. I'm wondering if we should just segue into gimmicks. Do you have anything else? Because um, you already did one of the gimmicks. Essentially,
1: I think. I think my last note is just this is a hidden gem i think this is there's like a genre movie that's just like kind of kind of based in reality but just trying to be weird with it mm-hmm. and this is kind of leaning more towards the weird side but it's not a we- inaccessible weird yeah yeah the it's somewhere on the spectrum of weird and accessible accessible but i can't really place it like it's it's completely off the wall but like something just works i think it's like how intentionally strange it is and how well it leans into the absurdity of especially like i was saying multiple times the dialogue
0: yeah
1: It, it it reinforces the idea that you're not supposed to be taking this too seriously
0: yeah
1: if you do you're going to be very bummed out especially (laughs) when the dog
0: dies
1: (laughs) but if you just take this as like these guys are talking like freaks talking like aliens i can draw stuff from the major themes here if i want to but this is one big goof show that ends with the protagonist shooting the sensei in the head with a gun on a res- on a uh karate mat oh
0: so fucking good it,
1: a karate mat that needs to be cleaned much more often i think yeah,
0: well it shows that moment shows that he stopped buying into the ideology mm-hmm. the guns are for the weak right that's rule number 11 yeah um it shows when he just shoots him that he's like no i've broken i've broken the spell you have over me i don't believe that anymore um, mm-hmm. and oh, dude, I, well, I actually have a few more things to say. I know I suggested, I suggested going home. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. actually I have a few more things to say. One is on the note of, uh, of what you said about not taking it too seriously. Um, I think it was like, it was just writing the line of, it was just serious enough. That mm-hmm. you could feel something while you watched it, but you could also just accept that like people can get away with multiple murders in this world. Like the cops aren't going to show up. There's not going to be an investigation because that's not what's important about the movie. <laughs> they're Let's... they're
1: on the pol- they're on the police radio being cartoon cops. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah
0: it's just them saying like this isn't what you're supposed to care about we're trying to fucking tell our story here you know like it it, it really worked for them that like people could just murder people and it wouldn't be a big deal and maybe you could blame like lack of communication or discreteness or just the sheer randomness of the crimes but like it just really helped for the like this is not what this movie's about it's not about Mm -hmm. portraying reality Yeah, like, it's about telling the story we want to tell. And it it just worked in that way. Um, There's two things I wanted to talk about. One is what I think is the most emotive scene in the movie is that after Jesse Eisenberg tries to stand up to the guy in the truck and he just gets owned. um, (laughs) Dude, and you see him just crying in his car. Just, Mm -hmm. like, one of the most human moments in the movie and then goes home and immediately puts his yellow belt over his clothes
1: no he gets oh. home and he yells at his dog yeah he goes home he says no bad dog and then he immediately comes back i was like I didn't mean
0: that you're not a bad dog yeah. you're a good dog <laughs> which it was just it was great it's like um, the
1: worst insult he could think of is just like you are a bad dog
0: yeah I was gonna say I didn't take this movie that seriously, and I was still bummed out about and, the dog. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I I still felt something on the crying scene for sure, oh, and then dude. the dog dying. Like I said, I I had to skip. I had to skip a little bit.
0: Oh, that that was. I I can handle dogs dying better than you can in movies, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I can't believe I made Greg watch this. Oh I fuck, like... I completely forgot about this plot line, and I didn't give him any warning, and. <sighs> Um, I, I knew
1: it was coming based on the tone and the character. But for, was... for
0: future reference, would you want me to tell you if I knew the dog died? Yes. Okay. I, I don't spoil 100%. movies, but if that's something that you would legitimately want to know from here on out, if I remember that the dog dies, which that it's just not what stuck with me about the movie. Um, but as soon as I saw the dog, I was just like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> this is actually a pretty rough one. <laughs> this yeah. is like worse than most dog deaths. Um,
1: but it does redeem itself. Dude, that... A different dog gets the comeuppance.
0: Well, not to mention when they're rolling credits uh, next to the Grandmaster, there's a picture of the original dog. Yeah. Which was I'd really, like really nice. That was cool. Um, that's That was a cool moment of like, there's been an irredeemable loss, but we're kind of redeeming it you like you mm-hmm. you can't get a lost life back it's one of the few things that just like truly in no way ever can be fixed um yeah. if something dies you cannot bring it back and uh that was a cool way to be like yeah but he lives on that little dachshund mm-hmm. lives on and dachshund's fucking rule but all that goes to say i said i had two things to say and i've said like 10 now um <laughs> greg you know what we haven't talked about at all
1: mm. what
0: kick puncher
1: Oh my god this is His a... punches at the strength of kicks
0: It's a kick puncher positive movie
1: <laughs> I had a note about it but I didn't go there and I wish I had It's
0: kick puncher kick punchers <laughs> like a main focus of this movie
1: The bruises are consistent with punches but they appear to be kicks This is so
0: <laughs> fucking funny <laughs> Oh, watch Community, everybody. If you don't already get the joke, watch Community until you get it. And I'm just going to leave it at that.
1: And then watch this movie.
0: Yes. This movie's better if you've gotten to the kick puncher parts of Community. It it helps it. That's right. Greg, do you want to stick with your gym within a gym that you already stated? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the custom black belt that's just a regular belt that you could buy at fucking Marshalls. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Um they got great stuff. That's another community reference. <laughs> oof, boof. You got an attitude problem the size of my wife's credit card bills at Marshalls. I'm just kidding. I know they got great stuff. <laughs> um my 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 gym within a gym is uh the song that uh the character Casey is listening to that also is in the in the credits after we get away from the dog and grandmaster scene um Uh it is a song that i wish was on spotify and i seek out on youtube regularly it's called can you hear me now by donald mcmichelson um oh it fucking rules it's a song about like getting broken up with over the phone and having to walk across your apartment to turn your music down because you can't clearly hear someone breaking up with you um Musically, it's fantastic, and just like the content of the lyrics is like, "fuck, that would suck." Uh, Like it's so fucking good.
1: I thought you were talking about the other credited song in the movie called "Cunt Witch."
0: (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that is.
1: That's when he starts getting into heavy metal. That's one of the songs.
0: (laughs) I I would like to think they chose it because of the title first, and the way it sounded second.
1: I think so too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Greg, uh what's your favorite line? Uh do you have
1: yours real quick? Let me
0: let me let me think. Um okay I've got my runner up and I've got my favorite. Yeah, I do. You've got it set? I've got right. it set.
1: Um because my runner up is the thing that I think might be one of yours, is uh sensei saying a massage from a woman is still better than a self massage.
0: That's a hundred percent true. And I've had massages from men, too, and I can confirm that they're also better than a self-massage. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. That wasn't one of them, though? It
0: wasn't, Greg. You owe me two beers, and I owe you one.
1: All right. How about we just settle on both of us giving each other three beers? Fair. Uh, <laughs> Fair.
0: Ooh, I'm going to get a pick six, and I'm going to pick three beers I think you'll like.
1: Ooh, I'm going to do the same. Cool. And then we'll watch Cat's... Happily. Um, <laughs> I don't but... know
0: that I'm going to be happy. There'll be sad beers.
1: I'll be happy you're there. Um, <laughs> Can we paint our faces? Fi- Shut up.
0: I have a mental um... image of us with painted noses and whiskers uh, doing a YouTube Stop. video of us if you about say cats.
1: it, If you say it, people will expect
0: it. Well, we can't blue ball the audience, Greg. Now we have to do it. Oh my god. Don't act like our partners wouldn't love giving us cat makeup. They deserve this. Don't take it away from them
1: we got to watch our James Corden flick in full makeup. Um, We're going to do it. My favorite line for The Art of Self-Defense was from the sensei also, where he said, he's talking about the Grandmaster. He says, He punched through his opponent's head with his index finger. He was the greatest man who ever lived.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot to
1: choose from, but that one got me.
0: There's so many lines. Eventually, you just gotta pick a lane. Um, I'll give my runner-up. And that was also what you said of, like, every line has a payoff. That had a huge fucking payoff later in the movie. Um, My runner-up is... What's your favorite style of music? Adult contemporary? No. It should be metal. (laughs) And then when he's like... (laughs) Buying CDs, the adult contemporary section is right next to metal. It's so fucking. There's funny.
1: only, there's only one metal CD yeah. behind all the adult contemporary.
0: I CDs. just laughed so hard at him saying, uh, 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 "Adult contemporary." <laughs> so fucking funny. Um,
1: he had it in mind, but he was afraid to say it.
0: But my, but my favorite, my favorite line is. Um, I realize now that her being a woman will prevent her from ever becoming a man. <laughs> <laughs> shit, I knew it. Oh, Were you gonna man. go with that? Uh,
1: I should've I, I I was I heard that one, I was like, Denny's gonna say something about that.
0: Oh <laughs> shit, you should have trusted your gut, brother, brother. Should have
1: trusted my gut, man. Um my personal gimmick favorite jarring commercial moment is the movie completely freezing. With glitched ads right before Casey enters the dojo for the first time. Well, Thanks, shit. Hulu.
0: <laughs> stuck
1: on my screen while I think somebody's talking about <laughs> who cares, <laughs> <laughs> Dominoes or some shit.
0: Greg, what is your uh, what is your uh, your or score?
1: Uh, I gave this one a 33 out of 40, which, like I said about one of the other ones, it it feels low. Like, I want to give it higher. I think i got to watch it again, but yeah. um, slightly over an 8 out of 10. I'm giving this one a 33 out of 40.
0: Fair enough. I gave it a 43 out of 50, which, I nice. again, I think we're, again, on all three of these movies, we're pretty ballpark. Um, this one really does make my stop the world and watch it. It's that damn good category. I, I really think that... Uh, the Art of Self Defense is just a fucking fantastic movie that no one has seen. I think that it's one of the best movies you've never heard of, and I guarantee it. I highly recommend watching it. It's uh again, I curb my own recency bias a lot. This one held up on a rewatch a couple of years later. This is as good as I thought it was. It's really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh go into it with the right understanding and mindset. You're gonna have a terrific time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Denny what is the best movie for when you want to find a hidden gem
0: I gotta go with my own pick The Art of Self-Defense
1: I gotta agree with you
0: nice
1: I gotta agree with you Uh, it's the best one I feel like it's maybe a little less accessible mm-hmm. than some of the others, other ones we're talking about sure. but for like a weird movie Uh, if you want to just kind of generalize it like that um, I would say that's that's a good pick
0: I agree Greg
1: anybody would have a great time
0: Greg you know what I realized Hmm. we haven't picked our our theme for next week
1: I see you in the google sheets page,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I also don't know (laughs) I'm going to suggest movies for when you want the new line feel
1: no explain explain new
0: line cinema is known for darkly lit sets with high concept premises okay a little too dense to pitch on the air we'll, we'll talk about it more um,
1: <laughs> they also made the lord of the rings
0: what about movies which
1: for... was a cartoon in the 1970s
0: what about movies for when you dig retro sci-fi
1: Ooh. Okay.
0: Cuz I've got How... one in the fucking chamber.
1: How do I not say alien here?
0: That I'm I'm talking more retro. Yeah. I'm talking 50s, it's... 60s, 40s.
1: Okay, yes, please, please. Let's let's put a let's put a year on it. Yeah. 1978. Like
0: let's go real retro. And before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, we you love alien so much that alien really needs to be like a, a special attraction. I don't want to just yeah. like mail it in, you know, like I'm,
1: we'll do, like... we'll do a one or two movie episode and then we'll talk about alien. Then. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll think of something for this one. Uh, so yeah, next week movies for when you dig retro sci-fi. I've got mine right retro. Now. Retro doesn't mean eighties. Uh, Denny, what's your, what's your pick?
0: Forbidden Planet.
1: Forbidden Planet. Locking it in.
0: All right. Uh, Do we we want to give the third to the audience?
1: uh, Yeah, I feel like they'll have some good suggestions. All right. As long as we set up like kind of a year range. I'll say
0: say pre pre seventies. Let's go sixties and earlier. Okay. You cool with that?
1: I'm good with that. God
0: help you if you suggest Barbarella. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, this is going to be fun, Greg. It's going to be really fun. I agree.
1: It's going to be fun finding these movies. Um,
0: We can just do Frankenstein again. It's technically a sci-fi. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. Uh, Denny, a lot of people haven't seen this or heard of this. Mm Uh, could you inform the people about this hidden gem That I have here Known as a catchphrase
0: Sure of course I can For Kevin Garnett I'm Adam Sandler Saying this is uncut gems Just kidding For Greg Work, The Legwork Johnson I'm Denny The Talent Taylor And this has been Movies for when. We already told you when. The riddle of the model. She's standing on the corner. Who the hell are you to tell me what to do? You wear a dress and tell me not to wear branches. Because of you, I'm I never stray too, too far, far from, from the sidewalk. Because of you I'm afraid to say my catchphrase, so I won't get hurt. Be-